listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the not-so-seaside town of Edmond, Oklahoma, where I, for one, am happy to finally be doing show number 301. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where I'm ready for 301 and 302, I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> well, uh, a couple things. There's like some weird foreshadowing. Uh, we, we ended our last podcast. I, I did like a, a tribute to uh, James Corbett's appearance on Revelations Radio News. The very last thing that was said was James Corbett, and the whole four-hour podcast was James Corbett saying, you know, Tim, I can't let you live down that 52 shows a year thing. (laughs) As well as our good friend Caleb from uh, Batavia, Ohio, he uh, sent in $52 last week, of course, for 52 shows a year, Kilkenny. But, you know, He's got a good sense of humor. He's also generous. He sent in $52 again this week. No message. No, no. no. But he just just wanted to drive the point home, you know, 52 shows a year. So, uh, yeah, we got a, we got a few notes of like, like, Hey, slackers, I thought you weren't stopping at 300. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got one that I got, I got a special one I'll share for later. So we've got, yeah, we've got a, a saga, uh, but I, I decided it will it transition into the donation segment. So you'll, you'll get the full story, or at least most of the story, later on there. Well, there it is. So stay tuned for Why in the World Tim and Andrew Delayed Their Show for a Full Week. Yeah, so the nice part is, if you heard some of these clips already, you've probably forgotten about them, because some of them were clipped... 13 days ago, 11 days ago, you know, stuff like that. So, so let's, uh, you know, speaking of people who are unprofessional at what they do, uh, let's start it off with the Joe Biden clip. Oh. And he's, he's talking Jill Biden and the Navajo Nation. 
So just uh, before you play it, um, let's see. We've had he grew up in a black. Joe Biden grew up in a black church. Yep. He's more Jewish than Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. It was. Uh, Coast was it Costa Rican? Uh, uh, Puerto Rican. Or, or, Puerto, Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican politically. Mm-hmm. And he was an all. Or his grandfather was an all American. His grand grandfather was an all American football player at Santa Clara, when uh, over sixty years before there were any all American football players from Santa Clara. So, and may or may not have actually attended and or played football there. So that's just a, a little background. And now let's hear um, another seemingly unlikely account uh, talking about Jill. Started building a second school and revitalized the use of the Cherokee language. By the way, she spent a lot of time on other reservations, other uh, nations as well. I'm worried she's not going to come home one of these days when she goes. You think I'm joking. I'm telling you. I hear more about the Navajos than I hear about me. Um, <laughs> y'all think I'm kidding, don't you? Y'all think y'all think he's kidding? Come on. Che- Why did he say Cherokee and then go to Navajo? I. <laughs> that's he's just, he's part he's of what makes the clip good. Straight up, straight up retarded. Man. It's just like it lump them all in together. You all look the same to me. <laughs> what is she? Jill Biden didn't work on the Cherokee language. The Cherokee language is like a, a marvel of Native American language. No, like, no, she. Uh, well, yeah, play the first part again because she she revitalized it. Or what, dude, what's the exact it's like, word? It's it's like more complex than the English language. It's like the amazing Native American language that they have. I mean, they had written word. I mean, just oh start building a second school and revitalize the use of the Cherokee language. Yep. Re- revitalized. How? Uh, <laughs> this is, this Jill, is, Jill did that, man. Yeah. Dr. Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's uh, politicians, royalty, and sometimes, you know, we... We had our own... We had podcast in royalty on with us for episode 300. But, sure, uh, absolutely. But recently the the Celtics played a game in front of royalty and Jalen Brown, one of the Celtics <laughs> players, my new favorite NBA player, uh, was asked about that experience, that humbling, awe-inspiring experience after the game. And here's what, that exchange. Yeah, I'm going to load this up. What is going on with the press with this like push for is it it's like a are they are they monetized? Like what is the push for this this royalty worship crap? Like I Yeah, it's a, it's like the same the same press and the same group of people who are really into celebrities. I think it's just a celebrity thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm standing at uh, CVS uh, Pharmacy the other day, and uh, in the lo- I look over and the, the People magazine and Time, and it's just all pictures of the Queen and Prince Charles. It's like, what is? What is? Who cares? Who's, what are we? What are yeah. These, what are these people That's, doing? Well, uh, you don't care. I don't care. And. Spoiler alert, Jalen Brown don't care. 
Um, I know you guys have. Oh, there's one of those examples. It's a l low one. Yeah. Let me, let, me, let me start that over. Um, I know you guys have played in front of a lot of celebrities, but what was it like to compete in front of royalty tonight? The Prince and Princess of Wales were in the building. Um, it was just a regular game to me. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't get the. I love that. Yeah. There was another. There was somebody else. They they said. Ah, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember. I should find the clip now. I didn't know you were going to bring this. But they interviewed. They asked somebody else the same stupid question. I believe it was the same lady. And they were like, and the guy was like, Jesus was here. And she's like, what? And he goes, <laughs> Jesus was here. And he goes, no. And he's like, that's the only royalty I know. <laughs> Uh yes. This is they try they try to act like white men in America and black men in America are just so far apart when it's like like no, we we have a lot in common. Um <laughs> pretty much everything. To, compared to basically all all women, there's a lot more similarities between you know our groups there. But uh Absolutely. So so from now on, and way more know, similarities between black men in America, white men in America, than like people in England, <laughs> Pe- but, people in Spain, different countries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like we're like diametrically opposed or, over here. Yeah. So from now on, when you know we've got a real big podcast going on, and and you're wondering how I'm feeling about it, you just play the regular game, ISO. This is a regular game. <laughs> just a regular game for you. That's, man, you're you're putting yourself on a level on the level there, man. You're like just up, up there with Jalen. <laughs> just just a regular game to me. Yeah. <laughs> so what what were we told? We're now a tier two podcast because we missed last week. So it's <laughs> just a regular game to me. <laughs> oh, it's a good it's a good it's a good. Uh, Good day to be doing a podcast, man. I'm happy to be here. Just interested to see what kind of shenanigans you brought. So last week with uh, James being on the show, I didn't name the show what I thought I was going to name it. I said James Corbett and Propaganda and Parasites, but I wanted to name it. Uh, and I would have if it wasn't on, you know, wasn't, if James wasn't on. I would have named it Propaganda, Pedophiles, and Parasites. <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't see that blasted all over the Corbett Report going very well, so... Uh, just gotta yeah. keep that over here. That's that's good. Uh, it did. Hey, the smart the, thinking. the conversation jumps in with us uh, on Substack talking about Substack, and it did give me the impetus to actually resurrect and get the the Revelations Radio News Substack going. So I'm gonna try to upload to that after this show. And yeah, uh, you you invited me to be a guest on your podcast. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, Andrew. You are welcome. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, uh, so people can subscribe on, on, the on the Substacks. Do, do you, did, have you ever, have you seen, you haven't seen, there's a, a phone app for Substack, which is really nice. You'd like open it up and boom, everything's right there. You can listen to podcasts on it. It's, it's pretty cool. I had no idea that they had gone that far with, uh, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. It keeps everything in one place. It's like. Kind of what Instapaper used to be for us, where we have everything we want kind of in one little spot, but it's like, you know, just it's even better because it's RSS and everything else. So pretty cool. But yeah, I'll be updating the Substack. Some people, you know, prefer the Substack. The one thing about the Substack is that when you post, it goes out to people's email inboxes. You know, people get it. Yeah. 
Yep, it's a good good email sending service. I should put so, a link in the sidebar here. The other big story that we kind of missed, uh, not doing a show last week, was the Kanye PSYOP. We talked about it a little bit, Yeah, I think, two shows ago. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it was already ongoing. He was going on every single podcast, but then he went on Alex Jones. And he... I don't... I personally thought it was obvious sabotage. Yeah, and that, that was the kind of the was, light that you colored me, the lens you colored me with, because that's how you explained to me what was happening. So I didn't get a chance to really tear it apart on my own without that, thinking that. But... So you kind of pre-planted that idea. I wish you hadn't, and not that you did anything wrong there, but I wish I could have kind of thought through it on my own, but I came away thinking you had to be right on that because it just, I don't know, man. I think I think that something is is up, you know? Yeah. With, the- with a, so, you know, Jesus said, you know, judge a, judge a tree by its fruit. Yes. And... You know, there's a couple year period. I mean, I know Chris White was a believer in his kind of uh, transition, his his basically conversion to Christianity. And there's a lot of people who were. I mean, I I was. And then you look at that album, you listen to that album, and you're like, this album is amazing. It's a great kind of Christian album, a lot of praise worship music. And then you're the one that kind of pointed out, like, hey, this last video he's doing a burn in the church, like you know, things something's changed. And then. Even in this interview with Alex Jones, he's talking about Jesus, and the way he talks about Jesus is pretty cool most of the time. But then he goes right into like Hitler's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Th- this was to the reason I say it was deliberate sabotage. It's not him having mental health issues. Which, man, I'm so tired of people saying that. Yeah, it's, you don't think like, so? Li- I mean, there's clearly something wrong. Well, like, we talked about his handler. No, but that's not... Mentally ill people don't talk like that. Like, he's not having trouble, you know... He's not scattered. He's not... That's true. Any, that's true. any like, mental health signals of this person's having a, a breakdown. He's, you know, he's calm. He's going through it. But he's deliberately saying things that are going to... Um, uh, a get a lot of attention, yep. and B make Trump look bad, Alex Jones look bad, conservatives look bad, Christians look really really bad. He he is reinforcing the exact straw man stereotypes of Christian conservative equals racist Nazi. Yeah, yeah. And by by doing this, and this is not something that comes organically out of the conspiracy thing. Now, you could say, well, there are those, you know, there's quite a few conspiracy theorists who say the Jews were on everything and what have you. And there's, there's, there are, you know, there is that group of conspiracy theorists that push that. But well, he's not. But he's, the, there's he's, no one saying, like, I love Jesus and, and. Hitler's great. There yeah. just isn't. Fortune. Eh, There's people on Fortune, but that's not who he's trying to demonize. Like he, that. That's that's well, and and I would say that I should put the caveat in there that's that aren't on the government payroll. <laughs> and I don't know that he's necessarily on government payroll, but he's on somebody's payroll. He's definitely. It's yeah. That, this is so. The, 
So here's where I am with it is number one, I never make it a point to judge what I think a person's state of their soul is. I have no idea and I'm, I never want to you know try and guess on that sort of thing. Um, but holy smokes is there's like there is so much going on wrong with him. I mean it from the handler that we talked about a couple weeks ago to he's sitting there wearing a Balenciaga mask. I know. He's wearing a Balenciaga mask. After all the yep. Balenciaga stuff. Yep. Yep. And know. then he defends him on the podcast. Oh, yep. I know the designer. He's great. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. No, I know. I know, man. I know. And it. you're right. So, the mental health thing is a red herring. Because if you listen to him talk, from aside from the, saying the, the crazy I love Hitler stuff, <laughs> he's not a, he doesn't sound like a crazy person. He's very calm and quite rational in what he says makes a lot of sense a lot of the time like 90 percent of the time but man he is really well, and everything including the crazy stuff is said very intentionally very intentionally yep. he knows what he's doing so that so we greg reese did a, a good rundown uh greg reese truth about yay well probably should have played that sooner but uh let's play that and see if we have anything else to to say on that. during kanye west's appearance on the alex jones show he praised hitler while reading the Bible. He spoke about Zionists, but failed to mention how they worked hand-in-hand with the Nazis to create Israel. He spoke out against porn, but begged God to allow him his supermodel habit. And the entire time, he wore a Balenciaga-styled BDSM mask without ever mentioning his close relationship with them. It was the epitome of cognitive dissonance. And as the political right praise Kanye as a Christian, the political left attack him as a racist, both sides dancing together in gay fascination with the celebrity. This is also called idol worship, and humans have a weak spot for it, although few will ever admit it. Bring in the clowns. There will be clowns. And while satiated with their bread and circus, One of Kanye's biggest benefactors, the CCP, is able to quietly round up thousands of protesters and disappear them without disturbing the sleeping masses. The China Show on YouTube has been doing a great job of covering this. The protests are nationwide, and they are directed against Xi and the entire CCP. Ren Men Wan In China, you'll hear Gong Chan Dan Wan which yes. means like um, Communist Party. Communist long Party. Live Communist long Party. live the Communist this Party. They're saying the people. long live the people. Yes. Um, well, it's so things it's like this that really um, you would never see in China because the repercussions for doing this sort of thing are drastic in China. For the first time in decades, we are seeing a united solidarity among the people. <laughs> He's saying, give me liberty or give me death. Okay, that's what he's shouting. And you've got people actually chanting along with him, okay, which is normally not the case. Yeah. Because people are like, holy crap, if someone's doing that, they're like, he's crazy, stay away from me, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. But the important thing is what happens when the police do finally arrive. Ah! Ah! 
they rescued him. And I mean, this is this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this happen in China. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's happening all over China. We have Lanzhou, we have Chongqing, we have other parts of Guangzhou which were already protesting. Yes, we have Beijing. We have third tier, fourth tier, fifth tier cities. We have top tier universities down to low low level vocational schools. Yeah, we have people on the streets. We have officials being kidnapped out of government buildings. We have people parading through the streets. We have people uh, tearing down police stations. We have PLA deployed, People's Liberation Army. We yeah. have SWAT teams. We have this across the entire country. The reason we've only seen a glimpse of this massive protest is the CCP's censorship. They routinely stop people on the train and check their phones for VPNs. And they jam the signals once a protest breaks out. They're sending signal jammers into places of protest in order to, you know, stop people's cell phones so they can't send messages, they can't send videos. People are coming into massive clashes just right in the street and people are getting uh, cell phone videos out before the signal jammers can show Mm -hmm. up. We're seeing stuff get come to a head and then it just stops. And because everyone is required to have their mobile phone apps in order, the police simply switched off the apps where the protests were happening so that nobody could board the train. Because of the phone apps, they knew exactly where to find everyone. So they knocked on doors, beat people in their own homes, and dragged them off to the quarantine camps. While Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates Believe communist China is the model for the world, BlackRock's CEO says that the markets prefer totalitarian government. And here's how it works. If your mobile app goes red, then you have to wait in line for a COVID test. And if you fail that test, then you have to take a bus to your designated quarantine camp where you will be imprisoned and charged for the entire stay. And so the truth about Ye is that the human herd is, and always will be, manipulated by our own weaknesses, like our obsession with celebrity and drama. Americans don't seem to care that thousands of people just sacrificed their lives for freedom. They'd rather talk about Ye and Hitler. But soon, they won't even have to distract us. Because at this rate, we will soon be connected to a worldwide social credit score system, just like China. And both the left and the right will then be able to spend their final days arguing about Kanye and Hitler while locked up together in their very own death camps here in America. So on that cheery note... (laughs) I I didn't. I didn't find this to be one of Greg's better videos. I don't know. I feel like he's a really, bit of a he, a bit of a non sequitur. It was kind of a reach, disjointed kind of. Yeah. yeah. But so let's talk about both. Well, but if you but want, I've, if you I've want got, to wrap up Kanye, I'd like to move on to China for a sec here. Yes, let's go ahead and move on to China. I have the connection from that Greg Reese clip somewhere else, but let's go to China first. Sure. So we'll wrap up the. Kanye talk. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, pray for the guy. Good Lord. Who knows Who knows what's happening? That's just... It, I think the one thing we know for sure is he has handlers and he is under some sort of he, MK Ultra or was at one point and is now... I don't... This is like, <clears throat> this is like his Britney cutting her hair off moment. I mean... Uh, no. I think the 
Christianity thing might have been the Brittany cutting her hair off moment. The trying to break free. Trying from to break free from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But the this has been done before. Look at Bob Dylan, man. Bob Dylan had, did the whole gospel album, but then he just all the you know oh, I, you know, made a deal with the yeah, the, the 60, man upstairs. Sixty and, minutes interview. Yeah, so it's. I think this is a another iteration of that where it's like uh christians are so dumb just tell them you're a christian and you'll get more more fans Hmm. so could be could be so this china thing i am not the only one but so you know me one of my favorite things to do is to try to you know crowdsource information jump on 4chan go to reddit go to twitter go to wherever i can when something is actually happening and see mm-hmm. if i can find go to telegram see if i could find something leaking out like what is what is because everybody's got a cell phone these days it's, you know if you can get to the place where stuff's uploaded first then you can see it maybe before it gets taken down I'm too jaded, man. I keep hearing your voice ringing in my head about how we all got, you know, convinced that we were going to fall down dead in the streets. And that was the, only videos. The TikTok videos. The TikTok videos from the beginning of COVID when people were just literally falling down, face down in the street. And, you know, everybody was, oh my gosh, this is what's coming out. Look at what's coming out of China. So I'm jaded. I don't believe anything that's coming out of China. And I saw a lot of people. That were very that, that that like showed the same sentiment. Like, hey, I want to believe. I want to believe there's mass riot. There's mass protests across the country. But I, I, I'm I don't I don't trust what's coming out of there. So, I, I've I've come to the realization I do think it's that's probably what's going on because it I don't see any way that that getting out would benefit anybody. I don't like I don't. Do, am I missing something here? No, I. I I agree with you, and I I share the suspicions, but remember what happened right before COVID, you know, before Donald Trump doing a deal with China. Before Donald Trump doing the deal with China, right before COVID. Well, in, it, not that, but that also happened right before COVID. Um, but I'm talking about the fact that Hong Kong they, protests? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's getting out of control. Oh, yeah. What's China going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. this is what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to make you, they're going to, you're going to protest? Not when you have to be in your house. And those protests were getting good. Like they were yeah. getting out of control. They had, the, <clears throat> the college kids in Hong Kong University were cementing bricks down in, in piles. And the, along they the are road trying. So people couldn't drive in. Yeah, they're trying. They keep trying to either bring COVID back or say there's a new virus. Or, I mean, they're trying to use the same game plan. But, I mean, there's people that have been locked down for three years. There, it's like oh. James Corbett's been talking about this a long time too. Is the yeah. you know the pro- yellow vest? The yellow vest protest was like forty yep. something weeks going strong. I mean, there was protests around the world. It was kind yeah. of. And you and I both talked about when, you know, in April when we started the podcast back up again, that the whole thing felt rushed and, you know, and it seems like it was. And maybe these protests were the reason. And so after two straight years of more and more protests and more and more, or excuse me, more and more uh, restrictions and more and more stuff going on over there, you know, I, you know I, I believe 
one of the things they said, oh, people are rioting because they're seeing the World Cup. And I believe that. I believe people see the World Cup in China and they're like, hey, what's going on? Like, why? It's like the college football thing. Yeah. It's like when the- we were in the Northwest and looking at the Southeast yeah. playing, you know, college the football. SEC playing college football <laughs> with 100,000 people. 80 to 100,000 people in the stands go dance on the inner Sandman while you and me are stuck up in the Northwest being told we can't. Our kindergartners have to put on masks and we can't yeah, you, go outside. You got to wear a mask to watch it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at work. People are coming in. Do you see that Seahawks game? There's going to be a big surge. All those people out there. I can't believe this. And it's like, <laughs> meanwhile, they're in Hong Kong. They're like, wait, what? The whole world is in what? The whole world is, is has traveled to uh, to Qatar. And they're all there's like thousands of people in the stands watching games without masks. Like, what? I didn't know this was going on and you know that that, that does that rings somewhat true to me so i don't know i hope yeah so there's so i i i, I spoke to uh, just to kind of briefly off topic and i'll get back to it but i spoke to a really interesting guy i'm actually becoming friends with him here and uh he came to edmond oklahoma directly from china and left his whole family there and like moot like Gave up, moved here, became a Christian, and literally lives in the middle of the uh, United States. Super interesting guy. I really like him. Um, he's, you know, obviously kind of a radical because you don't do that without being pretty radical. Um, and he he told me he's like, you know, the Chinese people are very smart, but but this guy Xi is an idiot. And I said, oh yeah, he's you know he's a, he seems he's smart enough to get to the top. He's like, no no no, he's an idiot. He, he's only he's never even graduated middle school he's a dropout he is just mafioso which hmm. i i'd never heard that before and i don't even i don't even know if it's true but it's what he directly told me so i have no reason to believe it was a lie but it, it's interesting to think that you know they basically just have a kind of two-bit brutal mafioso like dictator over there uh ruling over the uh lockdown of what a 20 well, i mean 15 percent 20 percent of humanity no one ever said like Man, do you know that really smart communist guy? <laughs> uh, I, I, it, that's not true. People say Karl Marx and Lenin and all those guys were super smart, but uh, well, yeah, communists say that, Tim. <laughs> I, I get it, but people say that. Also, people just eight years our junior who think that communism is the way. Like it's yeah. it's kind of like, do you know that really smart, thoughtful, racist guy? Like that's these things do not go together. This is it's Joe Biden. No, it's not Joe Biden. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and come up with the example of the the really smart, thoughtful, racist person. Nah, this is you know just, just trying to make a joke, man. Just trying yeah. to make a joke. Yeah, that's so the the China thing. We've got the the police state. We got the surveillance state, and there's propaganda on both sides of it. Like, yes, there could be it could be kind of phony on the like, oh, look at the protests. You know that that could be propaganda we're getting over here. I mean, the, the CIA does a lot of that sort of propaganda of like, oh, look, democracy rising. You know, they're fighting back against their. Their government, you just would never want to do that here because you've got everything you want here. But there's also the messaging of the surveillance state 
And the truth is, it doesn't matter how good your surveillance state is. If you've got over a billion people, you don't have enough enforcers to enforce. Once a, you know, a, a mass of people, it doesn't have to be everybody. It doesn't have to be half of everybody. It has to be, you know, I don't know, 5%, 10%. Say, we're not doing it anymore. Like, yeah, you could kill off a bunch of them. You can lock up a bunch of them, but that's it. It's over. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, like I said, it's 15, 20% of humanity that's alive right now, right there in China. So how how do you control numbers that big? Yeah. It's... Yeah, I mean, you might have, quote, AI tracking tracking the jaywalkers is the example it's always given oh you could get a ticket for jaywalking just you know ai does it facial recognition it's like okay that's fine but you need enforcers and if people stop being willing to be enforcers and that was the part of the greg reese clip of the the china show sure segment where it's like they stood up for the person getting arrested. And he escaped being arrested. And when, when that happens, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure they tracked the guy down. I'm sure they tracked all those people down. But when that's a, that's a very dangerous thing to have out there. So I don't think that's Chinese propaganda. Sure. They want the propaganda of like, you know, even they burned the, down the whole apartment building. Or they, they did this terrible thing. Whatever shows them as powerful yes. and omnipresent is is okay in their book. So it's and or it, you know, someone falling down on the street dead is not bad for them because it justifies whatever response is done. Look at this horrible virus. It's people are falling down dead on the street. That played right into everybody shutting down around here. It was all propaganda. Looking back, it was all propaganda. Yeah. All the way down to Rudy Gobert. Oh, wait, what? (laughs) You remember that? Rubbing the microphone, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that whole thing was weird. Shut down the microphone, then they... Yep, and then he supposedly spread to a couple other people. And for those of you who don't know, that's the gentleman. He's patient zero for the NBA. It's like two days later, they shut down the whole... The whole league. Yeah, and ESPN just cheerleading the shutdown of sports. It's just one of the most mind-boggling displays of, like, just blowing up your own own business. I'll never forget. You and I hadn't talked for a while, and then I reached out to you, and I was like, dude, what is going on? (laughs) First thing you said back to me was like, I don't know, but I think they made a huge mistake when they canceled sports. That was a that was a move that I don't think that they anticipated would make everybody extremely antsy. Yeah. Well, and like I've got some free time now. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're telling me the truth. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. And it was no. shortly after that that the Twitter stuff started coming out. You know, people started seeing what was going on on Twitter, and it became super powerful. And they had to ratchet that in, which. I don't have any clips. I was actually looking through trying to get some clips of what's going on, but uh, James Corbett's probably laughing maniacally in the background somewhere as everybody talks about how Twitter is completely compromised and how. But it, it's <laughs> it's wild. I mean, it's just just 
unbelievable. Jack is basically Jack and this VJ lady or whatever, just bold faced lying to Congress, lying to Joe Rogan's face, lying to everybody. Oh, there's no shadow ban. There's no this. There's no that. Hmm. Spoiler. There was, and they were, and Alex Jones was patient zero, and now they just uh, they do it to just regular guys like me and Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I'd have thousands of Twitter followers if it weren't for that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but uh, that is kind of the transition I wanted to make was to Elon Musk because Elon Musk, you know, he wants the WeChat, the the everything app. He wants Twitter to become the everything app. And a big part of that... Well, I have the, the cliff that I've actually been holding to, to, for the show, to, waiting for the right moment to play it. For, for when you, you apologize to me and say, Andrew, you were right, I was wrong. About what? About Twitter replacing... About Elon wanting a new PayPal. Oh, no, I I never doubted that. No, I 100% agree with that. No, I doubted that it was a... I believe you did doubt that. I did not. I doubted that the uh, PayPal thing was was from... That the PayPal... Um, the PayPal like apocalypse... Self-sabotage? Was self-sabotaged by Elon. Hmm. I don't think that Elon's in on the the PayPal plot, but maybe maybe he is. No, I I don't doubt it at all. No, this this WeChat thing with the Adam Curry floated. I've always believed that. That's where we're headed. We're headed for payments. He's headed. He wants to be his own bank, hundred percent. What I didn't believe was that the PayPal apocalypse was a part of it. Did you? But it would make sense. You've seen Black Mirror. I haven't. So maybe well, Elon's tweet made just, sense to you, where Elon said PayPal is Black Mirror. So yeah. So first off, Black Mirror is a multi-season show where every single show is different. If you remember, it's a la uh, the Twilight Zone. We don't have mm-hmm. we don't have Doctor Future here to explain it. Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, Black Mirror. Those are where each show is a completely different story. There is a specific story. Uh, I believe it's the season one. There's a episode with a with a woman, and it just it's basically like, hey, what if there's a social credit score? And it starts out fine. It's like everything's fine, and this is how you know. It's just like it's all super cheerful, but like she makes one bad step, and her rating starts to go down, and she's in a bad mood, and she responds poorly to somebody, and all this it just keeps getting worse, and her it shows you how slippery slope, how horrible the. Uh, the social credit score is so that might be the episode or it might be a different one i don't know but so what's he referring to with paypal though if they're gonna keep a social credit score i don't know maybe it's not the I right don't... episode if he said but he recently said paypal is i don't know what's going on with this guy by the way he this is this is an op <laughs> Yeah, this is an op, yeah, but I I don't know what is going on with him. It's it's entertaining as heck to watch. I mean, the stuff he's doing on Twitter, it's like I don't hate it. Like a lot of it, I don't hate, but it's it it is making me extremely wary. I'm just like, uh, I like that move. I like this move. What are you trying? Yeah, to you know, you wear the Baphomet. Uh, no, I know. I've devil's champion Halloween costume, and then you put it in your profile picture because no, you're. I know that. I know, Andrew. I know. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying. But when you when you're bringing out people and unbanning everybody and saying that you're for free speech, that it sometimes lends like to oh, okay, this looks good. But of course, he hasn't unbanned Alex Jones. 
he has an unbanned, you know, well, Alex Jones for one, and not really understanding what's going on with that. No, I know, but a lot of the moves he is making on Twitter makes a lot of sense for Twitter. He wants it to survive. So, so it's there's a tweet from uh, a a Elon Musk intern. I mean, uh, just someone totally unrelated. Uh, Dogie designer. The man who inv- who reinvented the payment system back in 1999 is all set to do it again at Elon Musk, and he replies, "It's gonna be great." And there's a few, there's problems with that. He didn't invent anything. Here, so I got the I got the Greg Reese clip. This is you actually sent this to me like a month ago, and I've been looking for the opportunity to play it on the show. It's absolutely scathing, Greg Reese on Elon. Okay. Pop culture has touted Elon Musk as some sort of eccentric heavyweight genius with humble beginnings. But this is demonstrably false. Elon Musk was born in South Africa, where he claims he grew up extremely poor. But his family owned an emerald mine. As a teenager, Elon would trade emeralds for cash in New York City. And his father bragged how they had so much money, we couldn't even close our safe. Musk claims to have had about $100,000 of student loan debt, but he received a full scholarship to the University of Pennsylvania, where he bought a 10-bedroom frat house with his friend Adeo Resi and ran an illegal nightclub. The pop culture claim is that Elon has an IQ of 155, but this has never been tested, and after being accepted into Stanford for PhD studies, he dropped out after two days. After dropping out, Elon began his first business venture with his brother Kimball, Zip2, which was essentially a digital version of the Yellow Pages. The brothers received tens of thousands of dollars from their parents, and yet Elon denies this. An associate of Elon's father, Greg Curry, got involved to bring in investors. But Elon's code was no good, so they had to hire on professional coders to rewrite everything. Zip2 was then sold for $307 million to Compaq, who later shut it down without ever earning a profit. Elon made $22 million, bought a $1 million McLaren F1 supercar, which made mainstream news, before he totaled the uninsured vehicle. Musk then went on to create an online bank, X.com. He partnered with banking expert Harris Fricker, Edward Ho, and Christopher Payne. All three ended up leaving the company after accusing Elon of lying to the media about the quality of their product. Elon claims he founded PayPal. Before the company was named PayPal, it was known as Confinity. It was founded in 1998 by Peter Thiel and Max Levchin. After losing millions of dollars, Elon's X.com was bought by Confinity in a merger in 2000. All Musk contributed at Confinity was his own power struggle. He made himself CEO and pushed to change the name to X.com. The executive team successfully petitioned to fire Musk while he was away on vacation. Part of Musk's resignation agreement stipulated that all references to founders of the company will be removed from their website, allowing Elon to claim credit, which so far is all he has ever achieved. Peter Thiel then rebranded the company as PayPal, went public, and sold to eBay for $1.5 billion. Elon made $180 million from the deal, which he then invested into Tesla, SpaceX, and failed company SolarCity. 
Elon falsely claims to be the founder of Tesla. Tesla was founded in 2003 by Mark Tarpening and Martin Eberhard, who developed the Tesla Roadster. When Tesla Motors began looking for venture capital, they approached Elon Musk, who had the fake credibility as PayPal's co-founder. Musk joined with the condition that he be named chairman of the board. In emails, Musk was upset that the media was not giving him credit for Tesla Motors and went after Martin Eberhard, replacing him as CEO. He then forced Eberhard out of the company and rewrote the company's history to have himself listed as an original co-founder. Martin Eberhard, the man behind the Tesla Roadster, was promised the first Roadster off the assembly line. But Musk screwed him over on that as well and sent that car into space. You can tell it's real because it looks so fake, honestly. <laughs> so who is Elon Musk? Elon describes his father as being an evil, abusive man. His father, Errol Musk, has been accused of being a pedophile and fathered a child with his stepdaughter, who is 42 years younger than him. This spoiled, narcissistic failure, son of accused pedophile, wants to put computer chips in everyone's brain so that we can merge with artificial intelligence. His girlfriend is now bragging how this could all lead to a communist utopia. And strangely enough, former Nazi and head of NASA, Werner von Braun, predicted a man named Elon would conquer Mars in a 1952 novel that he wrote. Which is odd, because NASA has partnered with Elon SpaceX to work towards colonizing Mars. Elon Musk, like everything else in today's modern society, is a fraud, a fake genius, just like fake philanthropist Bill Gates and his fake vaccines. Brought to you by the fake news. Here's a pro tip for dealing with the mainstream media and all of pop culture. Assume it's a lie and research everything. For Infowars.com, this is Greg Reese. That was one of his better ones. Was, that was so good. <laughs> so good. So good. No, no, no. I, just, and I'm, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I'm just I'm saying the show is interesting. I do think that the end game is... He's the he's the soft hand. He's the he's the yeah. hand he's the hand in glove. He's the one that's gonna push things forward a little bit further. Cause you I mean, can you imagine if Bill Gates bought Twitter and tried to get everybody like, hey guys, I'm uncensoring the Twitter peoples. This will this will be great. Right. Hello, hello, fellow Twitterites. <laughs> hello, yeah. hello, fellow kids. He he can't even allow comments on his <laughs> on his posts. Right. So, you know. I don't know where Elon's taking us. He's all excited about Neuralink. Recently, there's been a lot of talk about Neuralink is coming soon. Oh, six, six months for human testing. Yeah, meanwhile, bro. there's meanwhile there's articles. Uh, Musk Neuralink faces federal probe employee backlash over animal tests. Interesting. Which we've covered on this show. James yeah, has covered that, on his show. <clears throat> there's some real problems with the. There, there's some interesting. Uh, details the the scale is a little bigger than what we had thought we'd heard about the dead monkeys right right in all the company has killed about 1500 animals Oof. including more than 280 sheep pigs and monkeys following experiments since 2018 mm -hmm. it's not very long that is true the sources characterize that figure as a rough estimate because the company does not keep precise 
records on the number of animals tested and killed. Neuralink has also conducted research using rats and mice. So that's not rats and mice. 1,500, you know, it's not just a bunch of rats. Who's funding this? It's Seriously, who yeah. is funding this crap? That that is a deep. Do- Where's Whitney Webb? Who is funding <laughs> this crap? Fifteen hundred animals. She's probably already done that deep deep dive. It's probably like an InQtel type yep. thing. You know, it's intelligence agency cut out capital. But uh, oh, let's see. Um, it talks about Synchron and Neuralink rival. I don't know. It's an interesting article. It's in the show notes. Uh, but the cruelty to animals, man, it's like the the number one characteristic of a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the... Oh, remember the kid that would, like, torture the, the dogs in the neighborhood? He, yeah, he grew up to be a murderer. Oh, you know, that's... <laughs> Elon uh, Fauci, this is... It's a pattern. So. Don't well, don't trust uh, you know. I'm not talking about hunting because these people are never hunters. It's like a, hunters actually generally respect animals, you right. know. Like the Ted Nugent thing, but sure. uh No, it's Oh yeah, let's just throw brain chips in them, but but the the only problem is that it's not going fast enough. We need human trials. Yeah, and you know, there's there would be people, the same people who, in some cases, would be very hesitant and skeptical of brain chips, like you're saying, Elon's the front man to get at least a segment of people. I don't, you know, I don't think it's a huge number. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are rightfully skeptical of both sides there. And it's not like he's a lifelong conservative. Give me a break. It's so obvious. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's an obvious scam. I got some. Same, same with Yay, Kanye. So I got a name. If people want to research it. Okay. Vika Ventures. V I K A Ventures. Private equity at your fingertips. This is the number one investor in Neuralink. If you go to their website, previous investments include... You ready? All right. Palantir. Oh, okay. ThoughtSpot. Airbnb. SpaceX. Wish. Impossible Foods. Databrick. And Snowflake. Who is on the board of this venture? I want to know, but I can't <laughs> seem to figure out. Is uh, Peter Thiel involved in this yeah, one, Yeah, so I was thinking. I was thinking Peter Thiel. Although he doesn't like Elon, does he? No. I, he, I don't think there's any way he likes Elon. I think yeah, I the other day I, I've, I've told you I wanted to hear what <laughs> Peter Thiel thought of him, and I'm not saying Peter Thiel's a good guy, but I want to hear what he thinks of him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, in a lot of Bill Gates connections there, too. Yeah. SEC has charged Vika Ventures $6 million. Anyway, that's something to, to look at another time, but yeah. So, 
I heard a uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. podcast, and I mean, they're all good. They're all like super informative. I pull a lot of clips from that podcast. But people should go listen to the whole uh, John Kirikow okay. episode. It is like his stories and RFK's stories, uh, like funny and just super interesting. I mean, okay. it's it's basically just the two of them swapping stories for an hour. Okay. Um, so John Kirikow, and if I'm saying his last name wrong, I feel like an idiot. But he was a uh, whistleblower who was thrown in jail for whistleblowing oh, on the CIA on weird. torture. So, oh, I've got, you I've got. You can't you can't waterborne Americans? Yeah. So let, let's play. I do have two clips. I I don't. Uh, let's do the CIA is a parasite clip there. <laughs> Ah, yes. Starts with RFK. Do, 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 do. And how do you, what do you do about the CIA? Because they become this government, this, you know, this parasitical organism that is devouring our democracy. Narrator, this was not the first member of the Kennedy family to ask, what do you do about the CIA? <laughs> Mine. How do you? What do you do about the CIA? Because they become this government, this you know, this parasitical organism that is devouring our democracy. You know, this secret government that is manipulating everything and and subjecting Americans to this constant barrage of of psyops propaganda in order to maintain permanent wars and all of this kind of stuff. So my father said the only way. To solve the problem is to separate the clandestine activities, the kind of paramilitary branch, from the espionage function. And espionage means information gathering. Right. And analysis. And that's why the CIA was originally created. It yes. was not supposed to be doing, you know, overthrowing governments and fixing no. elections and running around shooting and torturing people. No. Dulles added that function subsequently through a little tiny loophole. And what had happened is the paramilitary tail began to wag the espionage dog and the function of the espionage section becomes justifying all these, you know, aberrant actions by the clandestine services and then creating new actions for them to go and meditate. My father said, the, the agency that is doing the, the espionage, doing the actual information gathering, should be looking over the shoulder of the clandestine services and holding them accountable and making sure that the blowback does not, the cost of the blowback does not exceed all the benefits of the action in the first place. And nobody does it. There's no accountability. Mm-hmm. So if he had been elected, that's what he would have done. <sighs> Can you imagine how different the country would be today? After 9-11, the CIA's counterterrorism service received a classified supplemental budget. And I went up to Kofor Black one day. This is about a week after 9-11. Kofor Black was the director of the counterterrorism center at the time. And I said, Kofor, I've got an idea for an operation that I wanted to run by you. And he put up his hands and he said, 
Whatever it is, just go do it. I have so much money, I can't possibly spend it all. That was the attitude. Yeah, right. And as you correctly said, the purpose of the CIA was to recruit spies to steal secrets so that analysts could analyze those secrets and allow policymakers to make the best informed policy for the country. But now the CIA really is little more than a paramilitary organization. Now that Executive Order 12333 has been, uh, well, altered, recalled, changed, whatever you want to say, and the CIA can freely fly around the country and either murder people in cold blood or snatch them off the streets and send them to secret prisons or to Guantanamo with little or no oversight. Well, this is exactly what we were fighting against in the 70s with the Church Committee and the Pike Committee. We're back to the bad old days again with little or no oversight. We, we've got people, for example, like Ron Wyden, the senator, the Democratic senator from Oregon, who wants so much to provide the kind of oversight that the law called for in 1975, 1976. And he just doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. I sort of confronted him at a at a dinner party one night. And I said, it was right when I got out of prison. And I said, Senator, I got to tell you, I was kind of disappointed. I, I kind of expected a little bit more from you in the way of support. And he got a little angry. And he said, look, it takes all my energy just to not lose my security clearance. And I thought, oh, oh that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I get it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. terrible, but that's how Washington works. They have no boss. They have no boss. They're, they're, they're their own boss. No accountability. And they're a rogue agency. Indeed. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Uh... RFK Jr. doesn't like the CIA. I wonder why that is. <laughs> seems seems odd. Just, is that like such a, an irrational, uh, un, unfounded hatred or you know discrimination towards the he, CIA. He he posted an article on Twitter, uh, along with his caption: "More evidence of something we've known for decades." Oswald was was a CIA asset. Absolutely, he was. That's I mean. So it's uh, just cruising in and out of uh, Soviet Russia for no reason, you know, yeah, just like any of everybody else lived in high on the hog in <clears throat> Moscow for a year. I, I don't have I don't have any material on the, the whole Victor Boot, Brittany Griner thing, but Victor Boot, same exact thing. Yeah. The guy's flying missions yeah. for us, like oh, yeah. tons of missions. He, that whole he thing. Moved it's like, the, well, did you watch that movie, too? I don't think it's it's like exact true to true to life but the the lord of war lord of war from the early 2000s it's a great and if you watch it with kind of a revelations radio news you know thought process in place that dude was perfect to free up all of those weapons that were in the balkanized countries Mm -hmm. he went in and he was like they made like this like thing of it where he's selling stuff directly out of these but he had the ability to grease everybody's palms and get in and get what was basically, you know, all this buildup that the Soviets had done over these years. And then these countries all fell when the Soviet Union fell. 
And there's just all these weapons caches everywhere. AK-47s, MIGs, tanks, stuff everywhere. And he got in there and figured out how to grease everybody's hands and get those all around the world. You know the CIA had their hands on all that stuff. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, they. there's a scene in there. He flies in a plane full of guns to Africa. He knows yeah. he's going to get pulled over. Or he, they're basically, he, the, the plane goes down and he knows the Americans are coming. And he just runs out and grabs as many people as he can and says, come get all the guns. And anyway, they empty the whole plane out. And, this, you know, the supposed ATF or good guy FBI shows up and the whole plane oh, I'm sure is empty. They would, I'm sure they tried as hard as they could to stop all those guns from coming in. Yeah, they did. And then he showed up and the, the whole, uh, the that's whole thing the was only, empty. That's the only unrealistic part of the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the Americans are going to come and stop the, yes, the gun yeah. running. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So... Um, yeah, this, uh, I stumbled onto something interesting, man. The, the more I look at this, guess what? Two days ago, uh, uh, excuse me, not two days ago, four or five days ago, December 8th, uh, the SEC sued Vika Ventures for defrauding investors of $6 million. This is weird, man. So hmm. the SEC just filed a lawsuit, uh, for them defrauding yeah, the investors they're, they're of $6 million. <laughs> So do you think this government, uh, the government investigation stuff on your Neuralink, is it like warning shots to keep Elon in, in line? Or is it I don't know, like, man. you know, I'm, I'm sure the fact Elon himself not getting in trouble, but I, th- this could be a method of just, just making sure he's not sure. going rogue there. I can't believe these guys are funding impossible burgers palantir spacex and the boring company with his all the evil yeah flamethrowers i mean and then the the ceo looks like a complete idiot he looks like he's got to be younger than me and it just just doesn't look like a ceo of one of these companies he's sec charges vika ventures ceo george ikevu uh, in six million dollar fraud offering and settles charges with his girlfriend penelope spent 3.9 million dollars renting private jets purchasing expensive watches and jewelry and cars weird that is weird anyway wait till they find out about sam bankman free thing <laughs> oh no one cares <laughs> no one cares oh, they did arre- they did arrest him did I they think. has yeah. he been arrested that's interesting they arrested him in the Bahamas, and they're supposed to be extraditing him soon. If I was to point at a person that looks like Sam Bankman-Fried out of a lineup, I would pick this guy. This guy, yeah, oh, interesting. this may be another dupe in charge of a in charge, quote unquote, of a huge money laundering operation. Yeah. Well, you want to play the other RFK John Kirikow clip? Sure. It's Let's on surveillance. Kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier. In reference to just the the China stuff. But. So all the Five I groups are sharing, you know, their intelligence with with the U.S. and they've been very clear. The Germans and the MI5 and MI6 mm-hmm. that they consider anti-vax figures to be. The equivalent of of terrorists, domestic terrorists, and, it's and, that they, and that they are, in fact, they said this specifically that they are using, they are targeting them with all of their cyber warfare. So, do you think, in in your best estimate, how much of my life is being monitored? 
Oh, oh, I, I would say all of it. I'd be pretty comfortable saying, I think you're constantly being monitored. I mean, do you think they're plugged into my TV set and watching me, you know, that kind of stuff? Probably not. Probably not to that extent. But I would be very surprised if there weren't FBI surveillance teams on you to see who you're talking to, who you're meeting with. Sure. I think that they're disturbed by what you stand for. And do you, is there a way, I mean, I, I should probably talk to you about this offline at some point, but it's an interesting issue that people are interested in. Is there a way to thwart that or to find out about it or to to find out any more information about it? Yes. <laughs> it's been my experience and the experience of many of my my friends and former colleagues that you would be pleasantly surprised what you can get through the Freedom of Information Act. And while you may have to wait for five years doing it through the CIA, the wait at the FBI is about six weeks. So, you know, I, I sent the Freedom of Information Act request to the FBI on everything they have on me from, from the day I got out of prison until until whatever the day was that I filed. And sure enough, six weeks later, they sent me a CD-ROM that just completely exposed that. <laughs> they're, they're, we we parked a half a block away from his house and we had eyes on and he left for work at 7.15 and then he came back from work at 2.35. And like, what, why are you wasting the taxpayer's money watching me come and go from my house? But they'll tell you the truth, even if it makes them look silly. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story. I was doing something... Uh, having a conversation with my uncle, Teddy Kennedy, at one point, and I was planning on doing something that he didn't want me to do. And he said, you better not do that. I've seen your FBI files. There you go. (laughs) Seen his FBI files there. Did he respond? Hey, Uncle Ted, what, you know, what do yours look like? Yeah, he's like, oh, you don't want to know, kid. I mean, you know, you know what you have to do to stay in the Senate after you kill somebody. Not not everybody can kill a hooker and still continue to uh, serve Uh, in the Senate. Not even a hooker. No? No, it wasn't a hooker. It was just some... I, well, I don't think a, so, a just professional so all, hooker. Just so we're all it, clear, in case we're ever is sued for slander, Andrew and I have no idea. It's all speculation. I'm just getting this. I'm getting this from Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Sue Tucker. He has money. Yeah. <coughs> no, there was. He's in a car wreck. Whoever it was, I, I don't think it was a hooker, but it, anyway, it could have been. And Chappaquiddick. Left her to die in the drown in the car, basically. Yeah. So. Yep. And he's done good since, but I just can't get past that one. Just can't get yep. past it. So. Anywho, uh, moving right along. What? Where are we going next? What are we doing next? Looks like uh, Jimmy Dore is getting throttled on Twitter for defending libs of TikTok. So he just likes making everybody mad. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's go there. I've got some, uh, I think we're pretty much down to a Bill Gates segment and a, and a parasite segment. That'll be after the donations, after the donations. All right. Well then we can play my one clip. I'm this Jimmy door thing is new. I actually 
hadn't seen this that I guess he's defending libs of TikTok and is getting throttled for it. But uh, he had, I always get these two guys confused. Who is, let me see. Yeah, this is the right guy. No, this is the wrong guy. This is the gentleman who is the responsible for you getting into 9-11 truth. His name is David Ray Griffin. This is not who I was thinking of. Oh, he had him on, though? No, he did not have him on. Oh. He had the other person on who I get confused with, which is ex-CIA head Ray McGovern. Okay, he's good, too. Yeah, he's pretty good. So anyway, he had Jimmy had him on. And they had an interesting conversation about kind of what went on with the Russiagate stuff. But even more interesting, uh, kind of what happened with uh, Seth Rich, which I had not heard before. Let me see. So here's ex-CIA analyst Ray McGovern and uh, Jimmy Dore. The Russian hack was a hoax. Everything that flew from that, that was the cornerstone, was 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 deceptive. Bob Mueller knew six months into his two-year investigation that CrowdStrike had confessed there was no evidence of a Russian hack. So why did Bob Mueller continue for another year and a half? Well, to get... By the way, that vindicates you, Andrew. You've always been the Bob Mueller is there to clean it up. <laughs> yeah. He's there to cover it up. Yeah. They get past the midterms and right. what was it? And yeah. And after the midterms, of course, the Dems take over the the uh, the House and Adam Schiff becomes head of the <laughs> House Intelligence Committee. And when he finally gets some candid testimony under oath from the show of Sean Henry, the head of Trotskyke, he deep sixes it for a year and a half. He gives it to his friends in the media and says, I did it for two, a year and a, two and a half years. It was two and a half years. Uh, here's uh, May 7th, 2020. See if you can do better. They've done better. It's five years now and counting. And Americans don't know that the whole business about Russian hacking was made up. There's no technical evidence. There's lots of evidence, which we pointed out. Bill Binney and others as uh, former executive, former technical directors of the NSA, yes. with the help of the material that Ed Snowden brought out into, into Hong Kong, and with the principles of physics at their beck and call, they said, we said, veteran intelligence professionals for sanity, on the 12th of December 2016, that it couldn't have been a hack. It couldn't have been a hack. It had to be thumb drive or some sort of external storage device. And, of course, a year later, uh, Sean Henry of CrowdStrike confessed to that. That's been kept secret for the following five years. So we've got this is this is consequential, Jimmy. We've got 80 percent of the American people believing, okay, that Russia was in some way responsible for Donald Trump and for all manner of indignities, including Ukraine. They are conditioned. We Americans are brainwashed into thinking that if um, Biden or one of those acolytes or sophomores that advise them, like Blinken, if they say we got to go to war, we got to you know put in more long range stuff than you. Well, the American people support that because of six years of blackening, or six years of conditioning, brainwashing. I think is the right word. So 
I 100% agree with you. Americans are the most propagandized people in the world that they don't know it. That's another thing they don't know, uh, is that they're the victim of propaganda. Now, you mentioned Seth Rich earlier. Now, when the Seth Rich story first aired and came to light in 2016, I just covered the story. I covered it one time because the 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 private investigator which a former cop of DC cop was hired by the family to investigate and he held a press conference and I covered it and just covering it I was slandered as a Seth Rich conspiracy theorist which made me realize uh oh there's something here because if they don't even want me to cover this they have to shed it. it was just like very it was it was very much like the Wuhan virus if you thought it if you thought COVID-19 started at the Wuhan lab you were a racist that's how far they would go so they were doing that stuff about anybody who even covered Seth Rich they had Dave Weigel in the Washington Post smear me in the Washington Post to Jeff Bezos who's in bed with the CIA and the FBI. They had him write a story, put me in it with pedophiles and Nazis and everything else and called me a conspiracy theorist about Seth Rich. All I did was cover the story. I didn't push it five times like Sean Hannity or for a month. I just covered the press conference. And so guess what just happened a couple months, like a month ago, Ray? I covered this, too. The FBI has now been ordered to release the Seth Rich computer documents, which they said they never had. But, of course, they lied about that. And then they didn't want to release it for 65 years. All of a sudden... Everything they said about Seth Rich is now known to be bullshit. And that's exactly what they did. There was smoke there and they didn't want anybody looking at Seth Rich. And now it's confirmed because they didn't want to let go of that Seth, Seth Rich lap. First, they lied that they had the Seth Rich laptop. And now they now that they have to admit that they have it. They said they never looked at it. And then they said they don't they don't want to release the materials for 65 years. What does that tell you, Ray, when the FBI doesn't want to release materials for 65 years like they don't want to release materials from the JFK assassination? What does that tell you, tell you a CIA analyst expert? <laughs> well, you don't have to be a CIA analyst expert to understand that they have something to hide, you think? Okay. Now, the lawyers that are pursuing some related cases have been consistently lied to by the FBI. Oops, you don't. Now, there is one judge that seems to be a, a kind of a, a straight arrow, okay? And there's one case pending where they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to come forward with some of this material whether they do or whether they delete it or not we'll we'll know but the fact that the FBI is in this and the fact that they denied having the computer and then they oh yeah we have the computer but we don't have any email. oh now we have some emails <laughs> and then 65 years i heard 66 maybe from one when you okay yeah. well what the hell is going on here? So mm-hmm. now for me to suggest earlier, and this is a, the beauty of being on your show, Jimmy, I don't have to say all this stuff. <laughs> you say it and you report on it, okay? But the the beauty of the, just just the my saying, you know, I wonder if there are any still living people that might have had access to those DNC. Now, you guys laugh because you know what I meant, but the Americans don't laugh. They, they've been told that a deal was struck, which it was, with the family. And Aaron Rich, Seth Rich's brother, is one of the people that came after me and Bill Binney and others with affidavits served at my front door, two of them, to, to justify what we said about Russian hacking. Now, what does that tell you? 
What does that tell you? I don't know. I just didn't know. He took the deal. The brother took the deal, that's for yeah. sure. Yep. I didn't know that. The brother took the deal. And the parents don't want anybody to look into it, and the whole thing is just a mess. I didn't know now that the, Bill they, B was in, that, in on that, and McGovern and all of them looked at it. Yeah, they they got to the investigator, too. The, the private investigator that was hired to look into it. Okay. And then it's like the, the family, you know, kind of turned on him, and then he just kind of like, oh, well... That's why there was one press conference, and then that was that was it. And yeah, that's what they do. They're like, "Well, do you want to end up like your brother, or do you want a suitcase with half a million dollars in it?" <laughs> but this is what you're gonna do, you know? It's yeah, yeah. Your brother was doing some bad stuff, so it's. And, you know, it's, well, it was his brother's, his uh, brother's life was a small price to pay to, to go after Donald Trump, you know. Yeah. Well, to, not, not, not even just, I mean, don't forget, this is, we're still in the primaries. And for all intents and purposes, we've talked about it since, we're no fans of the guy, but Bernie was the clear. Yeah, Bernie, oh, yeah. Bernie took the deal, too. Yeah. Bernie you want a new the- house, Bernie? Oh, you want to you want to hear Jimmy? So Jimmy is mad about everything. It's pretty much Jimmy's whole <laughs> shtick. But you want to hear Jimmy get really mad? Let him start talking about Bernie. He yeah. can't stand Bernie. Such a phony. He's Bernie's su- such a phony. He's such a phony. And Jimmy used to like him for you know sticking to his guns and being this and that. And now he's like now he just calls him a war pig. He hates him. He hates him. He's but he is. He's a phony. He's an absolute phony. So is Jimmy Dore? Is he? Mainly on YouTube or he's like doing actual radio? He's or doing what's... YouTube. He's on actual radio. He's on Rumble. I don't know. He seems to have a decent amount of listeners. He tour. He's working like crazy. I mean, he tours, you know, during the show. I'm going to be in this place, this place, this place. He's, he's working his butt yeah. off. So and I think he works out of his garage when he's in Los Angeles. And he's an interesting guy. I mean, it's, it's an entertaining listen, for sure. And it's, you know, he just... He's one of these guys that literally calls it how he sees it, regardless of political affiliation. And like he, I didn't bring any clips or anything, but he went in deep and hard on the uh, uh, the whole train deal, the unions. Oh, okay. And that's yeah. such a farce. The Democrats, oh, yeah. who are supposed to be the the you know the power to the people, the workers' party, they screwed him over. They made sure they didn't get the time off that they wanted. The Democrats yeah. acted like they made it look like they conceded a certain number of days, but that wasn't the amount of days that the workers were asking for. And mm. he, he like he like went on and on. He's like, I just want to be clear that the Democrat Party, the people in charge, the powers that be right now, your Democrat Party, are screwing over workers, yeah. making them go to work. Well, and the, the union leaders are too. This is right. why the the union rank and file are the ones who voted it down after it's like, oh, we got a deal. Yeah, we got a deal. But the the rank and file didn't get the option of like, hey, let's go on a strike before the election. It's like giving away all your leverage to wait until after yeah. the election. It 100%. really is. I mean, yeah, and then that's what they did. And then they got yeah. served. 
they were served up with, hey, this is how this is going to go down. This is what you're going to take. I and think, I, and that's it. I think Biden probably wants him to strike at this point. You think so? Yeah, I mean, it's like it just helps with the general, like destroying the supply chain deal, and now it doesn't matter. You know. Yeah. It gives them an excuse to do some new emergency power, you know. The new emergency power is going to be inject uh, money directly into Warren Buffett's veins. <laughs> yeah. So that he can keep the trains running. Yeah. Something must be done. Warren's running low. Yeah, that's it. Warren Buffett needs more money. That's the problem with this country. Yeah. <laughs> Warren Buffett doesn't have enough money. Something has to be done. Get that man an ice cream cone. All right, man. So last week, let's head into donations. Okay. Is it time? Yeah. I was, yeah. You got one more? You want to throw one more on there? Well, I was going to do Bill Gates. I was going to do Bill Gates. Let's do it. Bill Gates. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So Bill Gates, I didn't even try to like compile a segment on Bill Gates. It's just, you know, he. The stuff I'm looking at, there's lots of stuff about Bill Gates being evil. Oh. And uh, let's Let play write, the... Let me write that down real quick. <laughs> the Bill Rebel News. Bill Gates evil. Andrew. Rebel, uh, actually, a couple of them from Re- Rebel News. Uh, let's do Rebel News Bill Gates polio. Because no. I have a, a bit of an interest in polio. I've looked into the origins and the whole original scam of polio and the ongoing scam of polio so this is see the gates yeah go ahead <laughs> no worries it's kind of a low clip i'm gonna turn it up foundation is a major supporter and partner of the global polio eradication initiative gpei they contribute technical and financial resources to accelerate targeted vaccination campaigns community mobilization and routine immunizations They also work with partners to improve polio surveillance and outbreak response, develop safer and more effective vaccines, and galvanize financial and political support for polio eradication efforts. Yet, as reported by my colleague Jeremy Lufredo, the current outbreak in New York is of vaccine-derived polio, not the wild virus itself that Gates said would be eradicated in 2017. Which leaves many wondering, has the wild virus simply been replaced by Gates' own Frankenvirus? Watch Gates act surprised that his initiative is causing a resurgence of polio. I'm here in New York and stunningly, polio has paralyzed a patient here. The sewage system is right here below me. We decided not to take you down there and show you sewage sampling, but in fact, very likely if we did that right now, we'd have a positive test. And so it's, it's here. The United States has gone many years with no polio virus, nobody being paralyzed, and so it was pretty shocking. We didn't really expect it to show up here. They've declared a health emergency to encourage people to get vaccinated and stop the spread of polio. The Gates Foundation has polio eradication as one of our very top priorities. The fact we see polio here for the first time in a long time, although surprising, That's the the way it is. As long as we don't get rid of this virus everywhere, it can always come back. But if we get to zero, it'll never happen again. 
We and our partners are very committed to get this thing done. Oddly, Gates neglects to mention that this whole outbreak is caused by his own vaccine. It's odd how he fails to mention that. And by the way, there is no polio virus. So that's the other problem with the scam. You can't get polio without either an injection of heavy metals or the old school way was, oh, let's spray uh, lead and arsenic all over apples and then have kids eat a bunch of them and see what happens. But, and uh, let's put it in, let's put mercury and teething powders. Okay. Oh, what do you know? They're, they're getting paralyzed? Must be a virus. We need a vaccine for that. They get hairy legs. Or their legs don't work. Yeah. Yeah, iron lungs. That's it. High, hairy legs, iron lungs, something like that. Yeah. So the Moth and the Iron Lung, Force Moridi. People, it's a good book. And then <clears throat> can kind of go beyond that too, but uh, yeah. So let's do, let's stay on the Bill Gates topic here. But if we get to zero, it'll never happen again. We and our partners are very committed to get this thing done. Mm, yes, get to zero. Get that. Carbon, carbon, zero carbon life forms but, all around. Here's the problem. We got to zero polio. And it's happening again. Yeah. So it's just like, and it's vaccine-derived polio. So it's, uh, you know, can we just ad- admit that the vaccines don't work? No, we can't do that. So it's uh, Bill Gates. Speaking so of, imp- there's so much to talk about in that clip. Like I understand yeah. that, that you're going in a certain direction, but I have to stop us. What a this guy! Ugh, it's such a propaganda PR push for ha- to have him. Standing a little in New laugh. Stay oh, standing in New York, and there's currently sewage underneath us. And if we go under there or do a PCR test, get out of here. You're gonna go underground, do a PCR test on yeah, poop, prove and tell it, me Bill. that the polio is in the poop. Get, don't tell me. So don't tell me. Just that it's likely. It's very likely. Well, what does that mean? If we went down, get there down right there and now, do this. Yeah. Do the sampling. Show it to me. Oh, yeah. Well, it's no, a PCR it's, test. Even if he shows it the sampling, I don't believe it. It's just that supposedly we're going to start testing sewage to see when certain populations are... This is all a scam. This is a scam to get present to people that there's a, oh, yeah. there's a possibility that we can tell by raw sewage whether or not co- there's a COVID infection in your area. That, oh, they're, because there's they're no obsessed way you with can, the sewage there's no way surveillance. You can pro- there's no way you can prove it. All right. So we don't want to, you know, start locking them down in this certain area. We'll just, you know, get their QR codes, turn them off. Oh, you're from that neighborhood over here. Uh, there's some poop over there. It's got some <laughs> COVID a, in it. Yeah. You can't what do you know? spread. We, we, we can't found, have you spreading the poop or spreading the COVID, I mean. Or all those people were starting to protest. All of a sudden we found this nasty virus and yeah. everybody has to stay in your house. It's That's in the not, sewage. We have. I could show you right now. It's in the yeah. sewage. It's in the. I got a PCR if, test right here. We're not going to go down there, but if we did, this is what we would find. Yeah, we would yeah. find poop. Lots That's how poop. science works. And there's polio in the poop. So all right. you can't get, go anywhere. couple more uh, rebel... News: Bill Gates versus the farmers in the Netherlands. This is the Eva or Eva Eva Vlardinger broke. So uh, she's a people. People would recognize her. She's been uh, I, she's been on Tucker and been on a few different things. But uh, 
talking about the f- situation with the farmers in the Netherlands. Trying to keep an eye on that. What What are they worried about with nitrogen? It sounds laughable to me. It is laughable, and that is what you should take away from this. It's not a real crisis. Obviously, nitrogen isn't a problem, especially not when you consider the fact that, well, the Netherlands, like I said, is such a small piece of land. We have our neighboring countries, Belgium and, and Germany, that don't have to implement any of these measures, but the Dutch government is doing it. And the real reason, obviously, behind it is that the Dutch state wants the farmers' land. Because probably there are a couple of reasons. So the farmers, first of all, they're a group in society that are very self-reliant. They are basically ungovernable in that sense. You know, they own a lot of the Dutch land and they, well, they produce agricultural products. They have livestock. They produce beef. And what's interesting to know is that the Dutch minister who has pushed this nitrogen law has a brother-in-law who is the owner of the Dutch online supermarket called Picnic. Guess who invested $600 million in Picnic last year? Right, Bill Gates, the man who wants you to oh. eat fake meat. And, you know, that's not just uh, a conspiracy theory. I know, for example, that uh, the head of uh, the Netherlands, am I pronouncing his name right, Rut? Rut? How, do you na- how do you pronounce the name of the, the leader of uh, the Netherlands? He's a, he's a serious member of the World Economic Forum, too. Who's, what's his name? Mark Rutte. Yes, Rutte. Mark Rutte is very, very deeply involved in the World Economic Forum. And, well, it's obvious that this law is a product, again, of these globalist institutions, yeah. because this needs to happen before 2030. Rings a bell, right? Agenda 2030, the yeah. Great Reset, World Economic Forum. It's very clear that this is a made-up crisis, which we've seen before with these organizations. That's the way they ha- handle, that's the way they operate these things. They say, we have a crisis, and you are the ones that are going to have to solve this by giving up all of your rights. So that's what's happening here. They're taking away these farmers' land. They're taking away property because they see a future for us in which we're we're completely dependent on the state. You eat bugs, (laughs) and, well, they own your land. You you own nothing, and you'll be happy is what they say to you. But these farmers are not happy, and I'm so proud that they're fighting this. $600 $600 million is not a small investment, even for Bill Gates. No, that's, uh, that's a lot of money. That is so a lot of money. What do you know? Bill Gates involved in the the Netherlands farm scam, So, which I, I think they want to just not have them be farms at all, mainly. But they do have the... Uh, fake food industry going strong over there too. Obviously, Bill Gates is heavily involved in that. And I've got one more Bill Gates thing, and yeah, this is a <laughs> it's a doozy. Uh, Vandana Shiva, who I mentioned because I was reading her book. I think I still have it around here, but this uh, is the. She was on with Kennedy before, but, uh, yes. So she's, she's great. Yeah. So the, she's trying to get seeds basically to farmers and keep them away from Bill Gates. She's, she's been fighting Bill Gates and the, the general, what was called the green revolution in India, um, for decades at this point. 
So she has a a very interesting Bill Gates anecdote at the beginning of this. You could, uh, if you want to stop the clip after that part, you're welcome to. You'll you'll know. Oh, I don't even know. There we go. So Vandana Shiva, Bill Gates surveillance agriculture rant, but just uh, pause it after the the initial story about Bill Gates at the uh, in visiting with the Indian president. What what are they worried about with nitrogen? No, it sounds laughable to me. Wrong one. So, you know, years ago, Gates visited India and visited our president. And, you know, the Indian presidential palace is a leftover of the British rule. And really brilliant banquets are put out for international guests. And here was all this wonderful Indian food. And Bill Gates ordered a hamburger. Now, you know, that's the level of his food literacy. Uh, how is he there. getting into the food system? We could play, play the rest of the clip in a second, but you're in India. <laughs> and you order a hamburger. What, what's wrong with this picture, Tim? I think you're muted. Whoops, sorry. That was, that was my, my fault. Major section of the Hindu religion that believes that cows are sacred. Yeah. So you don't, you don't eat cows in general in India, but, you know, if you're invited to a fancy dinner, maybe you would eat what, what is being served. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. But no, I'll have but, a hamburger. Uh, the the rest of the clip is is more informative, but that one is telling about Bill Gates. That's so, like that's like the the clip that uh, the story that is I think James Corbett told on his show, and I've heard it elsewhere where uh, he's in line and uh, he doesn't have exact change, and the guy that's, behind him. That's asks, my story, man. The coupon. It? He says, I, "I've got a coupon." here somewhere and the guy behind him says how much was the coupon for and he says 25 cents and the guy gives him a quarter and bill gates takes it and pays for his ice cream with the <laughs> <laughs> it's a that's in a that's in a book uh i've got it on my shelf behind it's me but anyway i, I thought it yeah. was james corbett yeah well, i'll take it as a compliment let's <laughs> Let's play the rest of the Vandana Shiva clip. You know, two years ago, actually, no, a few years ago, he started to, A, try and control the seed. And I know in England there is huge uproar around deregulation of GMOs, particularly the new GMOs, which are called gene edited. But life is complex, self-organized. It's not a word program which you can cut and paste with no consequence. Every change in the editing, one gene editing, 1,500 other genes get destabilized. So, and now the results are there because there's enough experimentation. And the first company that brought a gene-edited food, Calix, uh, was going to be an absolute big return on investment. Well, it just collapsed about three days ago because you can't fake growing food. You can't fake self-organization of the seed. So Gates started to try and control the seed 
through gene editing. Monsanto had tried to control it through genetic engineering, you know, putting toxic genes into the plants and then taking a patent. Gates is taking patents through e editing. And you can't edit, you know, it's a wrong term. It's just the wrong term. Um, he actually has a company called Editas, which rakes in all the patents. I mean, we know what happened with the vaccines. The very people who were supposed to be regulating were taking the patents for, uh, for the vaccines rather than be detached, work in the public interest, work as independent regulators. The second way in which Bill Gates is getting into agriculture is by what he calls digital agriculture. No, you can't do digital agriculture. Agriculture is about living seed. It's about living soil. It's about trillions of organisms, trillions of organisms outside and trillions in our gut. What is he meaning by digital agriculture? Basically a surveillance agriculture. If the farmers first were forced to get addicted to chemicals and chemical fertilizers are one, some of the most destructive uh, elements in the world, they're killing the oceans with dead zones, they're leading to emissions of nitrous oxide, which is 300 times more damaging to the climate. And the soils are being killed because soil organisms need organic matter. They don't want a chemical that was made first for explosives and ammunitions and is now being used for the soil. Um, Gates is taking the next step after the Monsanto control. The Monsanto control was adapt and engineer seeds to take more chemicals. So the explosion of glyphosate and use of Roundup is because of the Roundup Ready crops. Gates is now wanting a new dependence. The farmers have to have their minds. Farmers have knowledge. He is trying to treat them as empty heads, just like they define the soil as an empty container. And he has signed agreements all over with the Mexican um, IT, uh, you know, the person who controls the, the smartphones of Mexico, that farmers will have to take instructions from the billionaires and the, man of, and the poison cartel of the world. So they depend on chemicals, they depend on seeds, now they're to depend on, them, on their knowledge. And this total control can only happen. It can't happen on a farm like Navdanya's where we are just concluding a beautiful course with people from around the world um, called Return to Earth. For us, doing good farming is returning to the earth as earth beings, taking care of the earth, growing diversity. Our farm is so diverse, there is no way a drone could monitor it. It would get thoroughly confused. But to do the kind of agriculture Gates wants, he wants an agriculture that will have very large scale monocultures, will be chemical, except that you will now, you know, have precision agriculture to tell the farmer, you know, put five kilograms of nitrogen here and put 5.2 kilograms of nitrogen here and would try and engineer the entire industrial agriculture operation. But even more seriously, Gates wants to control our food. You know, he is he's the biggest financier of fake food, lab food. So Bayer and Monsanto are already planning a large scale agriculture where agriculture doesn't produce food that we eat but raw materials of carbohydrates and proteins for fake food to be manufactured in the lab. So it's the ultimate fake. It's fake science, it's fake food, it's fake knowledge. And I, you know, stay free, your program, uh, Russell, you know, staying free today is about seed freedom and food freedom. This is the movement I've been building for 40 years. Each of us, each of us 
has a right to food freedom. And food freedom means to know what you're eating, how it was grown, and to eat what's healthy for you, rather than eat what will kill you. You like it? Food freedom. <clears throat> no, she lost me on not eating what will kill you. That's what the, <laughs> America You're against is. that? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what America's all about, so... Like, oh, well, if they just say it's plant-based, it must be good, right? Yeah. It's plant-based, man. Plant-based. You can't have all that red meat. Speaking of which, I had a story about, uh, and we're going to get into the donations here, but I had a friend of the show send me an interesting article on red meat. This is from thebigthink.com. Red meat is not a health risk. New study slams years of shady research. Newsflash, red meat... Not oh, they're lying you. to us about red meat? Shocker. Not bad for you at all. So, Well, should we get to it, Andrew? It's time. to let Everybody's waiting on pins and needles. They're waiting. Why weren't we here last week, Andrew? All right, so it's Tuesday the 13th. Uh, so we'll, we'll just start Tuesday the 6th. No, nope, right? we're not going to start Tuesday the 6th. I want to start Sunday the 4th. Okay, go ahead. Sunday the 4th, I wake up and I don't feel very good. <laughs> Something's wrong. I just got over being sick a little bit ago, right before Thanksgiving, and I feel very similar to when I did then. Then Monday the 5th, my fever is 102 degrees. <laughs> I spent almost the entire day in bed doing absolutely nothing. And sleeping. I think of that 24 hours, I probably slept 16 to 18 of those hours. I mean, I yeah. was in tough, tough shape. And then uh, Tuesday the 6th rolls around, and I feel the same way most of the day. Fever of 102, I'm congested, I'm coughing. I just felt absolutely terrible. Then uh, I'll tell you how bad it was. On Tuesday, it's... It, I'm... I'm it's my round to pick up my son from school and it took all of the energy I had to get in the, like to get to the car, to get in it and to drive, to get him. By the time I got home, I was like, I got to go back to bed. I'm too tired for this. Like yeah. that is how sick I was. 102 fever, both Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. So Tuesday night rolls around and I'll let you take it up from there. But I was in no shape to do a show, even if you were ready, which you yeah. were not. Yeah, so Tuesday. So my wife had been sick. I I had not... I was still planning on doing a show. I was like, oh, Tim will... 52 shows a year till Kill Kenny will we'll get it together and we'll do a show Tuesday night. And... So I'm, you know, mostly prepped for it. And my wife is finally feeling well enough to take our youngest uh, to the doctor. And this was a bit of a, you know, I'm I'm not a big... F Basically, I found out after the fact she kind of thought I should have taken her to the doctor, but I'm not big on going to the doctor. And so she she takes her... Go and, on. You're not. You're not a fan of the doctor. Yeah, shocker. So, so it, apparently everyone in Oklahoma is sick. 
Because the the same place she she took her to in urgent care where before she'd taken her and it was like in and out, no problem. Super nice people. This time around they're waiting three hours and people are not super happy that more people are coming in type deal. And this is down in Yukon, so it's a little ways, so it's a, a fair distance away. And we only have one vehicle. And she comes out after three hours with the, the sick kid, and the car won't start. So, this is, it's like, you know, she's reminding me that she has told me previously that we need two vehicles, which is, you know, it's a super helpful time uh, to <laughs> to remind me of that when she's 20 miles away in a car that won't won't start. So we end up getting, you know, a taxi to pick, or so I call AAA. And they're like, well, you know, the, the driver is not supposed to transport more than one person. I'm like, we're talking about a, a six-year-old, like, we're, you know, she's not going to leave her there. Well, you know, it's up to the driver, but they, they're not going to take her home. They'd take her to the auto shop. So it's, well, forget it so we'll get so we got a taxi got them home they towed it to a a triple a auto shop they spend all day tuesday looking at it trying to figure it out they said when the tow truck driver got there it started right up but it wasn't running well so it's confusing i we do we didn't think it was the battery because it's just had a new battery put in a couple of months ago. It's it's a mystery. It was just rough. So I told you, I'm like, forget it. Let's do a show Thursday. I got to deal with all this. So <laughs> I take an Uber. This is a new skill from, from Tim. I'm taking an Uber. <laughs> Desktop app. So this poor... This, Poor kid driving the Uber. A uh, young guy from, uh, I believe, from Kenya, but he's been here since he was six years old. And so he takes me to the American. pharmacy. Pharmacy for this, uh, you know, for the antibiotics for my daughter's ear infection that had been sent in. About seven hours before. So we're getting there at like 5.30. They close at 6. And I I go in there. And they're like, oh, we don't have that. I guess, I guess the part of the story that amazes me is that you've never experienced the inadequacies of pharmacies before. It's just... Yeah. So, and it, I said, well, that's... That's, That's interesting. <laughs> did you did you think maybe that would be information that I would want to know, like when I called in earlier? Before I took a cab here? <laughs> or when my wife called in? Would it be when we asked about maybe having it delivered? Because it says on your website that you deliver stuff, but you don't now because you're short-staffed. And... Oh well, we'll we'll send it. Uh, we'll send it. You know, we'll check with the other pharmacies. So they're they're trying to call other pharmacies. They're getting put on hold with other pharmacies. This process takes like twenty minutes. Get back in the Uber, 
And I'm like, I had like put a $20 bill like on the thing. I'm like, please don't leave. <laughs> don't leave me here. It's a long walk back. He's like, oh, no, no, it's, it's okay. You know, I'm like, I should be right back. But just in case, you know, don't leave me. And because I, I don't have a way of like ordering an Uber with the cell phone. I got a, you know, long story. So come out. He's still there, fortunately. But then I'm like, uh, by the way, can we go to another pharmacy? Okay, okay. So we're driving back down, you know, and <laughs> I had to talk him into stopping at a grocery store because there were a couple things that we needed there and no vehicle to go get them. So do that. Go to the other f- pharmacy. I, you know, I, I paid him well off the off the books, so he. I think he was fine with it, but, um, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, another Uber ride to go get the car, which they then tell me, oh, your battery's dead. I said, well, it's a brand new battery. A, a different place put it in. Well, go have them warranty it. Cause your battery's dead. We tested it. It's dead. And don't shut your car. You can't shut it off or you won't be able to get it started again. That's what they told me. So I'm, you know, picking my older kid up from school, dropping her off at home, going to the other auto shop to get the battery swapped out, which they then tell me, oh, no, it started up fine. Nothing's wrong with your battery. So I'm just getting the runaround multiple ways. But they're like, well, we could we could warranty it out. You know, it's fine. But nothing, nothing seems to be, well, yet to be determined because... They say, oh, well, we've got the battery here. No problem. We'll swap it out. I'm like, okay, fine. Did someone look at the alternator? Did anybody test it? Yeah, they both places agreed that the alternator was fine. Okay, because not killing a battery in a short amount of time sounds like an alternator, but... Yeah. Anyway, let's cut to to the interesting part here. You got a lot of car troubles, and then what happened next? Okay. So... Which we still may have car troubles. It hasn't died again since. So, knock on wood, hopefully. Sure. You know. So, Thursday, we're planning on doing the show. I'm out running around. And Wednesday, actually, Wednesday night, I started not feeling all that great. Mm. Just kind of <laughs> cold symptoms. Mm. And But I'm like, I could power through. We'll do the show tomorrow night. And... I'm at the at a grocery store just getting a few things. Starting really not to feel very good. <laughs> mm. So I I get back get back home and I'm I tell work I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Not feeling well. So I'm by Thursday evening, and <laughs> I told you I'm like oh, I'm sorry I can't I cannot do a show. So. Thursday evening, I'm sitting on the couch with about eight blankets wrapped around me and my teeth chattering like I'm worried that I'm going to bite off my tongue because my teeth are chattering so hard. My temperature was 104.5. So that kind of gradually died down and went back to like, uh, 102 and a half 
and stayed there for like the next couple days. But the, you know, for the show, hmm. I'm I'm trying out the fever is the healer hypothesis. So I didn't, you know, I didn't take anything to lower so, the fever. Lo- long story short, too late. I think COVID or some variant of COVID or I don't know what's what the heck is going on out here. Spike protein, something swept through both our houses in yeah. a record amount of time. I mean, I left out the part where just as you're starting to come, I'm getting better. You're starting to get sick. And of course, my little buddy, my son drops out. Boom. Mm-hmm. High fever. You know, and he's a he's like a little ball of energy. He's always got something to do. Go so you know, this kid is basically just staring into space, laying on the couch watching TV. Like he, this is not things are not okay. Like it just, you know, when no. he went through the super high fever, I, you know, I, his cough was atrocious. This cough is unnatural. This is yeah. this is what made me think it was COVID. I on Monday and Tuesday was coughing so hard like the it, it was like distract like it was distracting i mean I, I don't know how else to put it, it was it's very disruptive to the house in between coughs i'm like literally could hear my my <gasps> like trying to get air it was just it was terrible absolutely yeah. horrible and it's in this what's crazy about this is it felt like a rebound from what i had right before thanksgiving which was only a couple weeks ago making this like the second time this year i've been sick Taken ivermectin, gotten better, and then a week or two later got sick again, which is really weird. So I know that you went a certain route. I actually went a completely different route. I went to uncharted territory and began a malaria dosage of hydroxychloroquine (laughs) that I took for about four days. And uh, I cleared everything right up, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, But... I would say that overall, the uh, hydroxychloroquine has a few more side effects than ivermectin. Doesn't feel quite as clean, but feels maybe even more effective. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to, to clear that out, but of course, I'm not giving that to my kid. I'm not sure what's going on with him. He killed the fever quicker than I did. It took me 72 hours to kill the fever. He killed it in less than 48. But his cough, his cough was so bad that he didn't go to school yesterday. Like he woke up, he's feeling good, but his cough is so disruptive and bad that he, like, I I didn't have the heart to send him. He just kind of looks at me and like hacks up a lung. I'm like, yeah, buddy, it's it's fine. Just, you know, let's just lay on, (laughs) let's just lay on the couch. I mean, because I knew, because I had had it the week previous. It's just, it's terrible. It's a, we got something going around. I don't know, you know, what was the guy who said, was it Stefan Molyneux or somebody early who said that, uh, no, it's not, that's definitely not him. Uh, uh, it's the the French the French guy. He said vaccinating in the middle of a pandemic is the worst thing you can do because it creates kind of a bunch of different variants or or whatever. Yeah, I think all that's bogus. But I know, of course, you do. Every everything I say, Andrew, is bogus. The world is round. Yeah, I think that's bogus. <laughs> yeah, viruses. Are, you know, I think viruses change. Yeah, I think that's bogus too. <laughs> Everything I say is bogus, Andrew. But whatever whatever is out, whatever this bioweapon is that's been released, it's doing something, and it's still around. Yes. It's with the people. It's with the people that are vaccinated. It's with the people that are unvaccinated. Indeed, yes. You could hype up this thing way more than, they, than the original if they wanted to. I drove I mean, this is, today to... It's, oh, the, the pharmacies, you would... There were... 
Yeah. The pharmacies were packed. I was we're talking tiny say, little rural pharmacies. It's was, like, you know. So I was just about to say that I know everybody's waiting on pins and needles for the results of my basketball game. We'll get to that later. It's another teaser. Uh, but I drove to basketball practice this evening, and I drove by a, a CVS. I said, hey, look at that. There is a line around the building for the drive through Around mm-hmm. the building. I went into CVS today to drop off uh, some UPS packages. I'm always shipping things these days. And uh, one of the UPS access points close to me is at a CVS. I'm standing in line. Guy behind me has a COVID test in his hand. I mean, <laughs> they're not talking about it on the news, but I think there's a lot of people sick. I don't know if it's just out here in the in the Midwest where we're getting carpet bombed. I mean, uh, yeah, like chemtrailed to death or what, yeah. but... Uh, I'd be interested to hear from the people if if you're sick out there, if it's just us with kids, if it's just the Midwest. It that was had to be COVID related. I mean, that was yeah. that was that was wild, and it's we're just now getting over it in our house. I think my my youngest, thank the good Lord, didn't get the cough. There was a couple days yeah, where she good. had a bit of an elevated fever, and but uh, and was very. Uh, I don't know how to put it. Just, just, just crabby. She's just really crabby and had a, a bit of a, a fever. Uh, my wife confirmed cyborg. Absolutely not <laughs> taken any. Like she, I said that you didn't. She didn't feel anything, but that's not true. She told me there was at least one or two days in there where she felt bad, but didn't, you know, develop a cough or whatever. So. I don't know, man. And we do have a, a pretty consistent time. You know, you and I and our families are spending time together. So somehow, some way, I don't know, we've had this sickness move through both houses. So there was just no chance for a show last week. It was either me yeah. with 102 fever or you with 104. And neither really would, would work. No, it's like, because you had told me, you know, you were in bed all day. And I'm, because it, I have never had a sickness where I was literally in bed all day and I was on Friday. Yeah. Like it. I, when, I text, it, when I texted you on Monday, I want you to know I have never texted that to another man. Like, I am not okay. I have not got out of bed. I'm telling you, I feel terrible. There's something weird about this thing. Yeah. No, I, and on Tuesday, because you are a super helpful person. And sure. normally, if I were having car issues, and needed to get places you would mm-hmm. at least you know yes. throw it out there like hey if you really need a ride i could come help you out yep. you know this is what you've you've done it before no this is no. this was not an option i could barely just, get to my son's school yeah. to pick him up i really couldn't yeah. i mean I, I can't explain that to people i'm not a wimp i'm not a person who doesn't can't face down adversity physically but it just it was it was just wild, man. It was wild. And it was, my my wife was in bed a couple of days before that. Fortunately, we did we she started coming out of it pretty much right when I went into it. So there was one of us able to <clears throat> be up and around. But yeah, it was it was nasty. And the reason I don't think it's viruses is I think it's something else. But we can. No, Talk and about that after donations. I think it's possible, and I was treating it just so we're all on the same page. I, you know, I was kind of thinking about the way you talked about it in the last few shows, and you know, uh, it being possibly related to parasites. And 
lo and behold, I happen to have stocked up on two different anti-parasitic slash antiviral drugs. So I've started to try to treat it as though it's parasites as well, which actually may explain my rebound cases. Mm-hmm. Killing it with ivermectin and then they hatch or whatever. Uh, yeah, there is... Uh, we'll get into it afterwards, but uh, Chris White put out a podcast yes. covering a lot of the same material that I covered in episode 300, um, but it's his material, so I think he did a better job with it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, people should check that out if they are interested. <clears throat> one good thing happened not just one but many many good things did happen in this in this last couple weeks where we missed the show and that is we had our episode 300 and we had a lot of generous people step up and donate to the show so it's much needed as andrew continues to fight uh (laughs) pharmacy bills and gremlins within his car and uh yeah yeah and my my poor youngest kiddo Mm -hmm. uh needs ear tubes again so this was this (laughs) donation segment very much appreciated and will go to a good cause so absolutely yes yes so uh you want me to start you want me to start reading yeah or start reading and then i'll start interrupting okay all right, we've got a give, send, go. We have a, a heft, there's my interruption. We have a hefty amount of uh, P.O. box donations, so I got lots of paper to crinkle over here. Okay. So on November 30th, which I think was like right after. Yeah, it was like the day, yeah I think they donated yep. the day we did the show. Yep. Uh, anonymous donation through give, send, go of... Three hundred dollars, and I think you mentioned that one on the maybe I did on episode three hundred. Uh, no, we had a couple though. So oh wow, yeah. yeah no, it's... we Maddie B gave us three hundred on episode three hundred, and wow. then not the Illuminati gave us three thirty three uh, on the Revelations Radio News three hundred. So these are all new. So this that's our third one. Yeah, and then uh, another. A separate give so and go donation first, from Polly, uh, also of three hundred. So there's the fourth one. And they so both had you, notes. They both sent notes. Anonymous said three hundred for three hundred, and then Polly said three hundred. Congratulations, PM, which is their initials. Polly from Lake Stevens. I didn't even know she, they were from Lake Stevens. I, you know, I was not too far away from them back in the not so distant yeah. year ago or so. And, Name is familiar, though. Yeah, for sure. So, maybe we didn't know the location previously. If it's so. too, yeah. But if it's too familiar, she might. They might already have a book. I don't know. We should find out. Oh, okay. as a matter of fact, I'm going to call an audible right now. Here's the deal: if you send a PO box donation on the first I, one, why do you think? What Polly? It's the spelling, though. It. I don't know. What do you think? I think there's a chance you're misgendering. Is a I don't did I what Polly what, can be a male or female. Yeah, but poly female is usually spelled differently. I don't know. I would agree with that. Yeah, maybe it's Polly is the is a male. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. But they're from Lake Stevens. 
I was going to call an audible on this. If you want a book, you have to send us a message. Please go to the contact tab, revelationsradionews.com. And Tim's not going to spend time chasing you down. It's, Just it's, let, let it, us know. It becomes so. an issue because you donate over 25, and then I'm like, hey, do you want a book? And then I got to wait for you to respond. And then you, if you respond, then I got to send that to Andrew. It just, if you do want a book, you donate over $25, say, yes, I want a book. But I, I love people who really know me because there are people who really know me and they donate and they're like, I already have a book, Tim. <laughs> Before you ask. Yeah. Yes. No book needed here, Tim. Three books already, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But if you do want a book, please drop us a note. Uh, if you have a P.O. Box donation, I think we'll just send a book back for the first P.O. Box donation if it's over 25 because we have your address and it's all pretty straightforward. Uh, but if it's uh, a, a given some other way, please message us if you would like a book. Any right. donation over $25 gets a free copy of Andrew's book. All right. Christine sent a P.O. Box donation of $40 from Manchester, New Hampshire. That's a very familiar name. Thank you, Christine. You got any any note? No note on that one. Christine likes to do the bank check, so just a little envelope with the bank check. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Danny, familiar name indeed, the most familiar, from Medford, Oregon, sends $25. Thank you, Danny. Uh, Anonymous via Give, Send, Go sent us $20 from Parts Unknown. Thank you very much. We see your name, but I won't read it out loud. And next one, uh, again from Give, Send, Go, another anonymous donation of $5. Thank you very much. With the comment, feels good. Feels good for sending us the $5 anonymously. Oh, nice. Well, it feels good to receive it, so that works out perfectly. Uh, from PayPal, good to see a PayPal. Don- we got a few PayPal donations. Uh, five, five dollars from Robert. Thank you very much, Robert. Uh, buy me a coffee from Pad. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Twenty-five dollars. Thank you very much. Uh, from. Kyle, very familiar name there, via PayPal. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, $10 from Newton, Massachusetts. You got a do you have a, quite a few New Englanders, which is it's very cool. Uh, Autumn sent us $5. That is a recurring donation. Thank you very much, Autumn. From uh, Snoqualmie, Washington. And Suzanne sent us forty-four forty-four from Sagas, California. Thank you very much, Suzanne. Dorothy, P.O. Box donation of $250 from uh, Glendora, California. And do you have a... I believe you got a note. I do have some, some paper to crinkle over here. I have... Let's see. Got a few of them here. Mm-hmm. All right. I think this is a short one. Yep. We got a short one here. 
So, Tim and Andrew, encloses a donation and appreciation for many months of encouragement. Your podcast has been a beam of light to me since the darkest days of the scamdemic. I especially like the outro music. May God continue to bless and uphold you, your RC sister in Christ, uh, Dorothy Kelly. She also put at the bottom Psalm 139, which I think should be our, our, our verses today. Sounds good. Since it was sent in by a lister. So thank you, uh, Dorothy. Yes, thank you very much, Dorothy. And looks like you want a book, so I'm happy to send you one. All right, and next we have another P.O. Box donation from Colleen of $50 from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, one of the most beautiful places in the country. And it says handwritten note. You're gonna uh, you're gonna enjoy this one, Andrew. <laughs> Dear Tim and Andrew, I'm a recent listener to your podcast on Podbean. I have been impressed with the show's content. I've also passed along some shows to people in my family and some friends. Thanks for the work you do, even when you're not feeling well. Remember a couple weeks ago I did that show where I was sick. Turns out I had to almost do another show sick. Anyway, speaking of health. You may be interested to know that I am the mother of 12 children. Wow, that's awesome. All of whom are adults now, and all healthy, well-adjusted, and productive people. This is due, I believe, to the fact that I quit taking my children to the doctor when I had only five of them. No more (laughs) vaccinations, no more medicines, no more well-child visits for any of them. Only one time did I rush a child to the hospital because of a bad infection or toxic event. I wanted you to know this to support you in your efforts to raise healthy children. Keep it up. Here is a video that you may or may not have seen, but this is what I think is happening to trap more people in the system. The beast system of the medical establishment and finance. Oh, that sounds good. There's a link there. Uh, Please do send me a copy of your book. I am a traditional Catholic who no longer goes to church because I believe the last several popes are not true popes, but anti-popes who are leading Catholics into the New World Order and New World Religion. The true Catholic Church has been subverted and is the victim of a plot to destroy it from within. Anyway, I'm eager to read your book and see your perspective. Prayers and blessings for you and your families. Colleen, my address for the book is as follows. Oh, thank you very much, Colleen. I thought that was an awesome note. So I only had five five kids when I decided to stop taking them to the doctor. Yeah, that's... That's interesting. That reminds me of the book, uh, How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, moving on. And I'll take this one because I deserve to take this one because he would he would have it that way. But I have a donation here from Gibson Go from Caleb for 52 shows a year. Kilkenny, $52 <laughs> from Batavia, Ohio. His note just says, all praises to the most high. Amen to that. And next we've got a, a local donation from our friend Gretchen. A very generous donation of $500 from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And it says handwritten note. Well, thank you, Gretchen. 
Hi, Tim and Andrew. Praying for you and your families. Have a wonderful end to 2022 and many blessings coming in 2023. Thank you for encouraging so many by sharing your journey with life, God, and the crazy times we live in. Blessings, Gretchen. I feel like Gretchen's like an old friend. I've never actually met Gretchen, but I feel like she's yeah, an old we sh- friend. Yeah. We actually should probably meet her since she lives pretty close. Yep, and she was she was driving on the, the Northwest yeah. Expressway I'm- listening to our podcast talking about me moving to the Northwest Expressway. Yeah. So there well, we, we go. We were both in, still in the Northwest and didn't really know what this life would look yeah. like. So. Who, who knew that, you know, a little over a year from then would be taking an Uber to go yep. pick up a broken down van. <laughs> who, so. knows it, who knew a little over a year from then you'd have a phone that didn't work and have to pay Uber <laughs> guy cash. The guy probably never even seen cash. Like, okay, what does this mean? This green bill. What does it do? <laughs> So I keep this. What he's happens? Ch- he's checking like the the cameras, you know. No, I'm just this guy's kidding. got cash. What is he a drug dealer? <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you very much, Gretchen. And we should do. We yeah. We talk about a if we, if we can get like a three week stretch of health yeah. where we can like, plan right it now, out. And my family was nowhere near meeting up conditions this week. No, it's maybe more. Sunnier weather sure. coming up, but uh, sure. uh, a donation from Penny of twenty dollars via PayPal in Mesa, Arizona. Thank you very much, Penny. Uh, very faithful contributor. Give us and go donation from Owen of twenty five dollars. Parts unknown. In a little note, let me read that. Uh, been a little. A frequent listener to your podcast for some time now, and the truth is stranger than fiction. Oh, James man. Corbett, that's what it is. Dang. And James Pilato for even longer. So you you have excellent taste. Absolutely, I couldn't figure out what TSTF was, so I was leaving yeah. it up to you. Good job. <clears throat> truth be told, I did not realize it. Until right then, reading the note a second time. So there you, you know, go. The, the the pressure helped it help the brain cells work there. All right. Uh, another give send go donation from anonymous five dollars. Thank you very much. A PO box donation from Nick and Becky of a hundred dollars from Grand Haven. Michigan, and there's a handwritten note for that one. There is, and Nick, Nick, uh, he's actually talked to us about this before, but he likes to find uh, thought-provoking cards and send them out. Remember him? Yes, he yes. sent the uh, yes. the Dan McCall one, right? Yes. yes. So this yeah. one is a uh, two hands handcuffed, holding up a skull that has a surgical mask on it. Nice. And he says, Merry Christmas, you guys. Go ahead. Put this card. <laughs> it's a Christmas card. Yeah, he says, Merry, <laughs> yes. Merry Christmas, you guys. Go ahead and put this card on your mantle. I dare you. Uh, I sent you some soap. So, Andrew, right now I have in my possession two bars of soap. Oh, sweet. From Composer Essentials, a fine Christian home business. I have no deep thoughts for you today. I have a lovely holiday. Appreciate the simple things. Thanks for all the content. Nick and Becky from Michigan with $100 in there. Wow, very cool. Thank you so very much, Nick and Becky. Absolutely. 
I'm excited about the soap too. Yeah, there's so. Uh, let me look at this here. So, Composure Essentials. There is New Man and Manly Face. Oh, I like two, it. Two different kinds there in uh, handmade soap. Let's see. All right. It has Heard. the ingredients and everything on there. So anyway, okay. very cool. Made in Bellingham, Washington. Wow, I had no oh. idea. Sort yeah. of your old stomping grounds, mm, ways yeah, away. Sure. Practically Canada. Yeah. All right, we've got a donation from Carl of $101. Carl from Hungary, who has donated previously, and it says email. Do you have Carl's email? I do. Did I not forward this to you yet? I bet I did. If not, here it comes. So, uh, dear Tim and Andrew, parasites are not bad. Oh, yeah, you did. Neither are fungi. It's well known that mushrooms are powerhouses for cleaning up toxicity in nature. I have started to understand that same is true for our bodies. The problem is the not fungal infection or parasite in blood or intestines. While it's unpleasant and nasty, those things are more like the last line of defense against something radically more damaging. Candida is well-known yeast that can lead to fungal infection. What's lesser known is that Canada thrives... Excuse Canada. (laughs) Freudian slip. Canada thrives on heavy metals in your body. (laughs) A good example of this is... Maybe Trudeau, but... (laughs) A good example of this is mercury. If one has amalgam dental uh, fillings that are slowly leaking, mercury candida grows and absorbs the mercury and eats it as a means of protecting your body. All the best... And may your father bless you with wisdom and shine lights to navigate you through this increasingly interesting world. You don't have to read this. Oh, but he told me my PayPal button on my the website isn't working, which is a very important thing to write. So thank you very much, Carl. Thank you for continuing to support us. And uh, it still blows my mind that somebody out there in Hungary listens to us. So very cool. Yes. Carl, you are our favorite Hungarian <laughs> listener. Hands down. I don't even think, I mean, yes. it's not, not even a comparison that I can think of. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, boom, he's the guy. And my question for Carl is if parasites are good, but cancer is actually a parasite, you know, are we saying cancer's good now? Cancer's good, Andrew. You heard it here first. I don't think so. You don't I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I definitely think there's good bacteria, but sure, sure. All right. Oh, but what do I know? I'm sick all the time. So, all right. Yeah, nobody. Uh, People are like, yeah, I listen to these idiots for health advice. (laughs) One of them has 102. The other one has 104 degree fever. Yeah. So, Friday though, laying in bed, it's like the best rest I've had. It's it's hard to explain. Like my. My mind quieted down. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was a product of the fever, but it was like some true rest for the first time in a long time. So good for you. Oh, I have a, I have a for sure tip for you. Have you heard of glycine? No, it's it's well, I mean, I've heard the word, but I sure it's just a supplement. Holy cow. Game changer. Somebody said, you know, take some chamomile tea and then glycine before bed. It makes you feel so much better. 
I'll take or leave the tea. I know that you guys drink a little tea. We're getting into a little bit of it. But taking glycine, like just this tablet right before bed, it makes the sleep deeper. It's harder to wake up in the morning because it's like you're so rested. I highly recommend it. I don't know what it is about my wife and I, but we, I guess we're missing this nutrient in our body and it made a made our sleep a lot better. <laughs> yeah. highly, rec- highly recommend. Try it out. See yeah. if it can conquer the... The limeys. Sure. Well, you know, I don't have the limeys, obviously. But this last week, I spent a lot of time sleeping on the couch because my cough was so bad, it would just, you know, it'd shake the whole bed and, you know, yeah. just wake wake my wife up. So I didn't want that. And then, you know, later in the week, I was more kind of sleeping on the couch so I could monitor my son, make sure his, you know, he, he was waking up coughing. So, you know, anyway. Uh, you were still able to, to sleep given all that with the with the glycine yeah i was able to sleep believe it or not i i'm not gonna lie though monday i think i'm i i took a lot of melatonin (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm just gonna sleep inevitably like just just in perpetuity anyway (laughs) um moving right all right we're we're almost done we got uh a p.o box donation from cody of 150 dollars from murphy texas Thank you very much, Cody. It says handwritten note. What you got there? A very quick one. If received by Revelations Radio News, complete pay order if returned. Yeah, that's it. No, thanks. No book needed. That's it. All right. Thank you, Cody. And two two more and two very familiar names here. We've got Gibson Go donation from Kyle of from Kyle in Kent, Washington. We've got multiple Kyles, but um, I believe this Kyle's been been supporting us for the longest. And um, two hundred fifty dollars. Wow! Um, congratulations on three hundred. He says, "Thank you very much, Kyle." And yeah, thanks so much the, for for all the support. I'll take the last one, which is of course my friend Caleb with another fifty two dollars <laughs> for fifty two shows a year. Kill candy. This time a little bit more interesting with the hope all is well. Hope all is well. I you know I donated the week before and no show, so yeah. Yeah. Hope well all now you know. Well. Now that's your the punishment of your interest in our well being is my long car sickness story. So yeah. There you go. Well, hopefully the car story gets solved and sickness as well, but. I think the sickness thing will be a part of the show. It just seems like they they put out a bioweapon and we're dealing with yep. the repercussions out here. Yep. <clears throat> so. I got, yeah, it's I not. Took, I took a bunch of COVID tests the whole week and then <laughs> ma- mailed them in and then went to the doctor and they told me, yeah, it's COVID. And then they sent me home. <laughs> is, that how, is that how you do it? Is this, is that how, is that I think that's how it? you're supposed to do it. Is that it? how the normies do it? I don't know how the normies do it. Apparently, you get. I you think gotta, you got to obsess over a test. You got to take some sort of test. Even though I know the test is complete baloney, absolutely made up, abstract, just crap. I got to take this test. And then I change what? Then we'll, we no, believe it. No, no, but what do I change based on the results of the test? This is the part I don't get. Like what? Like what do I change? Do I. I get to tell people 
Is that it? Like what? What? Uh, it's are, okay what, to get. What is the benefit? Like explain to me as though you're. If you normal. don't have COVID, if you don't okay. test positive for COVID, okay. you get to go cough all over people. Okay, fair, fair enough. And it's no longer rude do, because you're COVID I want, negative. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to stay at home. Like, but I don't understand. Like, I guess your job, like, people have to get it because their job mandates them before they come back. But there's no yeah. reason. It the, goes back to all the, all the craziness. There's no reason. There's no reason to get the test. Did I just have it? I don't know. Well, I sure didn't leave the house or do anything that, you know, put put me around other people for a while. I slept. I did, you know, everything I could to try to get better. But it, it, I just don't understand the obsession with like knowing it. it just, all it does is jacks up the numbers. It's like, oh, oh look at these numbers. You gotta lock, yeah. them, lock them down. Which are, I don't know if they're still tracking all that or not but they yeah. usually just use the sewage nowadays to test it yeah just <laughs> let's, let's just skip the you know people having to even take tests if we can just declare numbers are going up if we want them to go up and numbers are going down if we want them to go down so i didn't is, i didn't even hit the jingle for the revelations radio news i'm, sl- I'm slipping well you can hit it for the end go ahead uh yeah i gotta take a second i just realized what i I just realized I messed this up, so. Wait, you're not supposed to say that until you're ready to hit it. Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, that's the wrong one. Wrong one. A little loud. They got the poison. Andrew's got the remedy. Oh, what is Andrew, I've got the poison. Andrew's I don't the, know about the remedy. Andrew has the poison. poison. Andrew's got the remedy. <laughs> Andrew doesn't have the remedy. I'm telling you that right <sighs> now. I'm just the, the Tim Timbo had the remedy and then uh, he he rebounded and so I'm not sure that the remedy really works, but I don't know. Revelations Radio. Maddie B, the original three hundred dollar donor for three gets show three hundred. Thank you very much, Maddie B, for your musical skills and donations. Absolutely. Well, that was awesome. I'll tell you that. That was uh, it. Was really nice to sit down this morning and put the spreadsheet together and realize yeah, that after missing a week, that we were missed and that there were people donating and uh, made, and if made it, it feel like a if you go by show length, that's you know we did a kind of an extra long show three hundred, and this one's going to be a long one too. So hopefully, you're still getting some value on on. The listeners end as well. You're part of the value for value network is, uh, hopefully coming through. And, uh, yeah, if both of us have a fever of over a hundred degrees on, uh, through both days or all the days through the week, it's really not looking good for a show. I'm going to tell you right now, I perform well under most pressures, but, uh, I was completely, (laughs) completely useless. A high, yeah. de- a high temperature. Like, I can't believe you hit 104, dude. A high temperature as an adult is like, you know, my boy gets was... a temperature of 102, 103. You know, in between, you know, cold baths, he'll run around and try to play basketball. You know, kid, yeah. kids just hit different. But man, as an adult, like I'm 42 over here, is 102, 103. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is kind of want to die like i just don't want to do like i don't want to do anything like i just literally bed is the only thing i want like just leave me alone bed yeah yeah when it's like 
I can't sit in a chair and look at a computer screen or TV or anything. Yeah, I just want to lay down nothing. in bed. Yeah. yeah. My wife's my wife and I were talking. And she kind of looks. She goes, "Are you listening?" I was like, "No, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not. <laughs> I am not okay. I am not listening. I, I might just go right back to bed. I just can't, no. can't get it together. So anyway, praise the Lord. I am now better, and uh, that is, that is good, because. Anyway, I, I'd love to hear stories from anybody else who suffered through stuff, stuff similar, and you know." I have a feeling we are not the only ones in this situation. I in at the the basketball practice today, my son coughed a couple times, but he was not the only one. There were other kids. Yeah. Yeah, when I called in for my older daughter, it's like, well, something's going around, I just gotta let it run its course, you know. Like, oh, I guess so. Kind of a bummer. Uh, but you know, from where we came from, we just gotta let it run its course. Is better than your kid will wear a mask when outdoors, right? Yeah. <laughs> or we'll need a a, a a negative COVID test before you're allowed back in school. You know, that's that's not going to happen. So what's what's when can we come back? Yeah. All right. Well, you ready for some some parasite talk? Oh man, I I feel like we just did the parasite talk. I'm gonna tell you right now that I treated that whole thing as though it was parasites that I was trying yeah. to kill. And I oh by the way, you know what I did immediately? First off, it's because it was super easy. But second off, it was because of your show last week. You know what I did not eat any of immediately? Sugar. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I did. Think- I I cut all the sugar out. No glucose. No, no sugar. No nothing. But it's. I mean, it's easy to not eat stuff when you're sick. You're sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. But but even as I got better, I stayed completely steered away from sweets. Tried to steer away from gluten. Try to be pretty much keto. A lot of eggs, bone broth, stuff like that. So. Yeah, I had um, very low appetite, which is yeah. I, that's also unusual for me. Yeah. You know, even when sick, it's like me um, too. Yeah. I, I ate a lot of food and uh, I ate almost nothing Monday and Tuesday. So yeah. <laughs> I'm part of a men's group and they're like, we're doing no sweets in December. You want to join us? And I was like, absolutely not. I have no interest in that. And then the, after I checked in after being sick, I was like, I inadvertently joined the group. I've had no, <laughs> <laughs> had no sweets and I had no intention of joining the group. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, eat, this is Anne Louise Gittleman. She's my and, favorite. And advice from advice from a mentor who lived to be quite old. So maybe we should listen to the people that actually live a long time. Years ago, let me just say this. When I, I studied with a very avant-garde woman who died at the age of 106, and she was very intact on all levels when she passed on, she said the most immunosuppressive agent in the human body are parasites. So that's the first thing that you go after, after which you go after the heavy metals and then the radiation and then the fungus. So it's in that order that I think people should start to detoxify. So can you say that once again? That order? 
the number one would be parasites or the protozoa or worms. When I say parasites, I mean the, the, the feet-long tapeworms as well as the microscopic worms. So that's the first important thing to detoxify because it's the most immunosuppressive in the system. Okay. So that's number one. Then number two, I would go after heavy metals. Then I would go after radiation, and that's where some of the radioactive isotopes are in play. And then the fungus and the yeast and the molds, number four. Wow. And so if someone wanted to do a whole protocol like that, how long do you think that would take them if the parasites itself is about three months? A good months? year. A good year. Wow. Holy so really moly. Get, get rid of all the cycles to get rid of the heavy metals, to get rid of the mold and the yeast, and to make sure that you have a yeast-controlled diet. All of those things are important. It's things that I've written about. That's why I wrote 30 books. It's to cover all of these elements. So I never forgot what she said, and I never forgot her very prophetic words that the most immunosuppressive agent in the body are the, the parasites. And that interview is from 2014. So it's like, you know, we're, we're cutting edge, learning stuff that people were talking about eight years ago, and they learned from... <laughs> a lady who, you know, was however old, you know, born in the 1800s, basically. So, yeah, it's almost like true knowledge is being suppressed. Yeah. So, uh, Chris White sent me a new uh, person to pay attention to following episode 300. And he did talk about her uh, in his podcast, but Pam Bartha, a gal who was diagnosed with MS, uh, which autoimmune disease, you end up paralyzed and, you know, no, no cure. Uh, she was diagnosed with that at the age of 28. And I think she's over, over, you know, it's like 30 years later and she's, been symptom-free virtually the whole time. Hmm. She's got a, a neat story of, you know, she's a, a Christian and just praying after the diagnosis and God help me figure out what to do. And this is the road that she went down led her to some old research. Again, it's almost like the, the truth has been suppressed, like you said, which uh, doctors in the 1800s knew about MS and believed it to be caused by parasites. Hmm. And so that took her down the, the parasite path here. And so this, I just pulled one short clip. Um, why doctors do not look for parasites as the cause of illness is kind of the, the subject here. She's just doing a question and answer session. And I thought this was a, was well put. So. People always ask me is why doesn't my doctor know that parasites cause MS or whatever your diseases, arthritis, heart disease, inflammatory bowel, whatever. Our medical schools right now are heavily funded by pharmaceutical companies. And the pharmaceutical companies have adopted uh, a way of treating by where we are using these maintenance pharmaceuticals for all autoimmune, et cetera, where we have to take these medications for the rest of our life. So again, I'm not against 
drugs, using pharmaceuticals for a short term, for an emergency. They are life-changing at times. But I totally don't believe that taking these maintenance drugs for any type of autoimmune disease, they call it autoimmune, but really they're parasitic infections, I don't believe that that is the answer. They, it doesn't treat the immune system, it, sorry, the infections, but it suppresses the immune system. And then we are more susceptible to other parasites moving in and we are weaker. So the reason that our doctors don't know about this is because they're not being taught about parasites in their medical schools. They are told that you can only get parasites if you travel to a third world country or an underdeveloped country. They are Parasites are not a problem. They're not present in developed countries. And nothing could be further from the truth. If parasites were not present in developed countries, then why do we have to deworm our, or treat our pets for parasites? Why? If we don't have parasites. Why do we have to treat our agriculture like our animals, our cattle, etc., our horses? Why do we have to treat them if parasites are not in our environment? So in one breath, in with our doctors, they're telling them that there are no parasites in developed countries, they're not a problem. And then on the other hand, you can go to the CDC website and you can find, you know, common parasite and problems in, in the U.S. and in different developed countries and how so many people are infected with parasites that don't even realize they are. So there's this disconnect between what our government agencies are saying online and what our doctors are learning in school. And that is really, really unfortunate because that is keeping us stuck in this healthcare that is not helping us. It is hurting us. It's harming us terribly. So they don't believe that we have parasites. They're taught we don't. They don't have good tests. They have not been, um, they haven't learned the skill of identifying, recognizing. They don't know how to treat. They don't even know how to use parasite drugs. They would, if they feel that you've traveled to a third world country and maybe you've picked up malaria, they would send you to an infectious disease doctor. So right now we have this healthcare system where we have all of these special, specialized doctors. Healthcare has become very specialized and very compartmentalized where honestly, one doctor could probably take care of most problems if they understood that infections were causing it, right? Because there's just a few simple things we need to do. And we do that in the Live Disease-Free program. So that's why our doctors, they're not getting this research. There is tons of evidence. There is lots of scientific evidence. Go to livediseasefree.com. In the main menu, there is uh, uh, evidence that MS is an infectious disease. Click on that. You'll see just a few, but quite a few, studies linking MS and fungal infections, MS and Lyme disease, MS and parasites. And I will be adding in their MS and malaria type protist, etc. So that's there to give you some, some direction to kind of say like, okay, so there is a lot. If you have a different disease, go online, go to Google and do a, a search for PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D. And then when you get to PubMed, that is a medical database. And there you can just type in your disease. So maybe it's arthritis. So type in arthritis and infection, arthritis and parasites, arthritis and silent infections, arthritis and dysbiosis. And with each search, you will find many, many studies linking whatever your condition is with different types of infections. So this is the most heavily researched field 
in science today, really understanding how the microbes that live in our body impact us in health and in disease. And our doctors are not seeing this. They might hear rumors about our microbiome might be important, and that's about it, unfortunately. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, I've heard that, you know, I've heard the, oh, well, it's, we're, you know, we're a first world country. We don't have to worry about parasites, but then you're, you have to worry about parasites for your pet pets. Yeah. You have to worry about parasites for your livestock, Yep. but they just magically disappear and never affect people. Yep. If you're within the border. Well, it's, what's funny is I, I just told you guys I did the, I did a malaria dosage and treatment of hydroxychloroquine for whatever horrible sickness I had at the beginning of this week. And, you know, you start researching what's the malaria protocol, when do people take it? They, people, like, it's literally a protocol people take when they're traveling to Africa. Like, they just take it. Just, hey, if you're going to Africa, or you're coming back from Africa, or you're Im- immigrating to the United States, hydroxychloroquine is, like, one of the recommended things that you do or take when you yeah, travel. And if, if people are coming into the U.S., they give them ivermectin. Yes, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. So. Yeah, this is... I think there's a lot to it. I don't think, you know, I certainly don't have it figured out exactly what causes what, but I think there is a, the whole, oh, auto, it's just your, it's your immune system attacking itself. We that, don't know oh, why. Thank, thank you, you for know. bringing that point up. That actually kind of stuck out to me as, uh, as the most interesting part of the clip. And I'd already forgotten about it. It's the yeah. autoimmune being parasites, is, right. uh, is a real your, interesting... Your immune system is trying to, to rid your body of the parasites that are infecting it, and you're responding by taking drugs which actually lower your immune system. Right. So you're getting less reaction, but you're it's also easier on the parasites. It makes so, it a more comfortable place. Yeah. So, Let me so tell you where heard, it's not comfortable, Andrew, for parasites. 104 degree temperature. It's not, yeah. not a comfortable place for him. I hope not. So not a comfortable place for you either, unfortunately. Yeah, so her her methodology, the the other gal said, you know, you gotta treat the parasites first. So her her thing is uh she calls them students because she's not a doctor, so she can't call them patients. But she has them on a um basically a a low carb, low sugar, sure. Um, kind of keto t- style, um, diet. Although she says no dairy. So like, no, I don't know. That's sad to me, but, uh, for like six weeks before they do any actual parasite drugs, and then they do energy testing to figure out which treatments will work best rather than she said the, the, Parasite testing isn't very good, like regardless of what you, you could spend a bunch of money and you'd still not get that good of information. So they do it by just kind of trying to figure out what treatments your body will respond well to and then doing that. So, I What I'd like to do is just try to flush everything out of my body that I possibly can. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. So, you go about it your way, and I'll go about it mine. I'll let you know how it goes. So the... I guess the, the reason that I am not gung-ho in the just give me whatever anti-parasitic drugs you can give me is that you can potentially, if, if you're taking the wrong stuff, in other words, it's not not specifically targeted for what you have, then the parasites that are in you can also develop um, resistance to that medication. Mm. Mm. So, and this is, this is known in, like, with cancer drugs, that the, the supposedly, Chris White talks about this in, in his podcast, you know, the, the supposedly non-living extracellular vesicles somehow communicate resistance to these drugs that are being, you know, put into the system. And what what the alternative theory is is that these are parasites and that's what they're doing. You know, they're just very, very tiny parasites that aren't visible to the you know naked eye or even most uh, microscopes until you get electron microscope level. So. So I'm I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, what to do, what, because I don't want to just kind of haphazardly throw some stuff sure. at it and then have it end up do more harm than good. Sure, because we're in two completely different situations. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I don't have a confirmed Lyme disease yeah. diagnosis, so I don't, yeah. So there's, <laughs> but I did get a, you know, getting super sick inspired me. I've got a bunch of stuff out there, <laughs> raising some eyebrows in the household. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, Holda Clark, we talked about her episode 300, kind of definitely controversial. She's the one with the zapper. Yep. So Chris White sent me a zapper. You got one? So I, I told him I would, uh, I would guinea pig the zapper. So good. Good for you. If you want to do some zapping, come on over. Oh, you have a zapper over there. That's good. Yep. Yep. So, I know I know someone with a bad case of cancer. Yeah, I mean, worth a shot. How bad is it? Like, what are, what are we looking at here? Do you have to, I, do, you have to I, do you have to put a copper a copper foil hat on? Or I received it. <laughs> I received it a couple hours ago. And it says that they recommend zapping in the morning. So you're gonna start so, zapping first thing. So I've got to do a little more. Andrew, little what more Research. Andrew, what happened to us, buddy? Yeah. Are you gonna wake uh, up tomorrow and put uh, uh, some sort of teal copper substance into your coffee, and then you're gonna sit back and start taking your phone calls while using a zapper to try and get the correct frequency to kill the parasites? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> what, the, what the heck happened to us? We were just a couple of normal dudes talking about 9-11 truth. It wasn't even that yeah. long ago. Yeah, that's, well, Here we are. I I didn't make the bioweapons, Tim. Oh, I forgot. I totally missed a, an email. I just, you just brought this up. It's kind of funny. Uh, 
How did you guys meet? <laughs> Sorry if this has been covered before, but I was just so curious. How did you guys meet? Uh, what what conference was it? Um, last days conference. Last days conference. So this was, you know, like Chris White, Doctor Future, hanging with that crew, and yeah. we were both we were both in that we we're both that posse in that milieu, should we say? And yep. uh, both showed up. You, uh, Chris, was teaching you to write a book, and uh, I was basically just showing up to be like, hey, you know. You're awesome, and yeah, I mean, you probably didn't even attend my lecture. Uh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at the last day's conference, you spoke. Yes. Yeah. I think I don't remember that, but I do remember the next one. I don't know that I knew. I didn't really even know who you were. So. Right. Yeah. It's a, but that's that's where we met. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Uh, hi, fellas. Insert. Uh, this is from December 6th. This is, well, I did get a bunch of emails that I probably should have gone through, but uh, this is from our friend Christine from New Hampshire. Hi, fellas. Insert horrible M- Massachusetts or uh, New Hampshire accent here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening. No, I, I like the New England accents. Yeah. But, yeah. I've been listening now since I heard you on uh, No Agenda a couple years back during the beginning of the COVID nonsense. You know what's weird is we were one of the first people played on the uh, after the show. Uh, but only one episode. Oh, it, really? That's we we cracked in. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that, but um, I wasn't aware that that that's how Christine found us. That's very cool. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that either. I had no idea. So I just finished your 300 episode and would like to say thank you for sticking it out and being a light to those of us who have needed and still need it. I was just wondering how it is you came, you two came to know each other. I apologize if it's been discussed before and I've somehow missed it. Can you share your story? Anyway, God loves you both and so do I. Wishing you a healthy and Merry Christmas season from Chrissy. And yeah, so to get the correct impression of this conference, think of like a, a big, a big conference hotel big stage hundreds of people there that's not where i spoke my you know lecture is like in a side room type deal so but we were there for was there multiple conference rooms at this thing oh okay I'm mixing it up with a different one. You are. I think you're thinking of a different one. This was the yeah. one that was in a pretty small room, and like everybody was there, though. L.A. Marzulli, yeah. uh, Derek and Sharon Gilbert, Doctor Future. Yeah. Mike, so there's Tom Bionic. People. This was kind of the actually, people actually don't know. Like Chrissy probably has no idea what I'm ta- who these people are or what I'm right. talking about. So it's. <sighs> A subgenre of a subgenre, and then we're like one level below that. <laughs> Essentially, there's like the the Christian prophecy people, but there's like the you know the ones that actually sell books and are on TV and stuff, and then there's the level below that, which was like Doctor Future, and then there's us. So 
we're, we were we're Chris White groupies, Chris White fans. Right. Yeah. I think that's I think that's essentially it. And if you haven't listened to Chris White and or subscribed to Bible Prophecy Talk, I encourage you to do so. Uh, he is the reason why we are both doing a podcast. He's the reason he, we met. He is. He took the road less traveled, of like, let me try and figure out what the Bible's actually saying, as opposed to let me spin the Bible in such a way that will get me the most um, attention and book sales. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty dead on. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's the spiritual father to many, 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 many people out there that we will never yeah. know or we will know someday. But uh, he did. A, a, he, I mean, the man debunked the entire Ancient Aliens franchise. Which might not seem like a big deal now, but it was a big deal then. It was and a also, deal. in some ways, uh, the debunking the anti-Christian part of Zeitgeist yes. was also super important. Which is what kind of led me back to, to Jesus. So yeah. this was all 2008, 2009 time frame. And then I think yep. we met probably 2009, 2010, somewhere in there. So... Uh, yeah, it was a, a conspiracy Christian podcast conference is what I would, <laughs> how I would describe that. And uh, most of those good people are still doing uh, the same work. And uh, yeah, I got ba- I got baptized at that conference, Andrew. You know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Jordan in the hotel pool. Me. Yeah, hotel pool. That was wild. What wild. Wild and crazy times. We were so young. You were still a vaxxer back then? Well, that, was, that was 2009 then. I'm just joking. <laughs> you were. Yeah, I don't think you were ever a vaxxer, were you? Oh, uh, you said a vaxxer? Yeah. I thought you said a bachelor. No. No, you were definitely a bachelor, for sure. Okay. But so it was, uh, you were a vaxxer back then, too, right? No. No? Although I... Uh, no, I was already anti-vax, just not as informed anti-vax. You still said you, hey, listen, I'm not anti-vax. No, I, <laughs> I was already fine with the anti-vax, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I just, sorry to completely sideline, derail, rabbit trail the conversation, but I did have some emails in here I should have read. Oh, uh, I'm, here's, the, here's the next one I missed. This is also a, dona- a donation from Owen. I thought you might like a Texas doctor's insight on the topics of science and logic. It's time for y'all to come to grips with the fact that viruses don't exist, the earth is flat, and preterism is the only way to understand biblical eschatology. Oh, no. Something to talk about. Not preterism. He got two out of three, didn't he? Two out of three. Two out of three with Andrew over here. <laughs> two out of three. So, anyway, somebody else says Iraq Ventures Against the War is now back to protesting war, so give him a break. Okay. Uh, oh, I wanted to address this uh, email for sure. This is from Lance. A whole lot of people that believe Christmas is about Christ. It's not. It's a ritual celebration leading up to the return of the sun after the winter solstice on December 21st. You can order pagan Christmas greeting cards online at such and such place. 
And I would like to respond to Lance the same way. Oh, here we go. What do we got here? Lance? We know. We <laughs> We know. Well, we, we know the we solstice know. Yes. thing. It, it's kind of, there was the solstice and the pagan element, and then there was the attempt to Christianize it, and that that is why Christmas is you know, generally the time when it is it, if you ask any, any, you know, well-informed, even kind of normie pastor, they'll readily admit that that's not when Jesus was born. Yes. So correct. Cause he was born on September 11th. Wait, what? It's just, I'm just kidding. No, not really. I am not <laughs> kidding. That seems actually like the date, but Lance, let me respond to you by saying this. And I heard, I think it was Chris White say this years ago. You're right. It's like Saturnalia and pagan worship and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's all rolled into one. And they, they call it Christmas, but it's pagan. And there's a. That's true. So, here's the deal <laughs> this day is the most Christian that most people in the world. Are going to be yeah, on this day o- open to Christianity that people will be exactly Christmas. Yeah. And by you showing up to the party and telling everybody things that are true, I'm not saying they're not true. Things that are true, or at least partially true. At least partially true. And it seems unlikely that the shepherds would be outside with the flocks in the middle of the winter. But by showing up and telling everybody this, it does not make your case any better of trying to convince people of the gospel of Christ. Just go with it. And I'm not saying go with it and be part of the world and forget Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, just, this is the most Christian that, you know, you have aunts and uncles probably, or extended relatives that they're ever going to be. Maybe just go with it. Try and uh, influence them where you can. You know, what's, what's kind of crazy that the, there's a lot of Christians out there that readily accept the virgin birth, but, you know, biblical cosmology is too crazy. It's a good way to, way to weave a flat earth reference into the Christmas <laughs> conversation, Andrew. Subtle. <laughs> subtle. All right. Where were we? Sorry. Got derailed with my, uh, I'm going to read a bunch of emails for no reason now. I'm just saying, you know, Christianity is, if you want to measure it by, like, scientific standards it, the whole thing's crazy so it, it's not just us really crazy ones it's you know you either believe that the the reason it's in the bible is that it was significant and unusual you know like hey you know there's there's miracles in the bible so should we just throw them out like thomas jefferson or should we say Maybe they're in the Bible because they were really significant. Stop. Did Thomas Jefferson throw out miracles? How did I miss this? You don't know about the Thomas Jefferson version of the Bible with all the miracles taken out? He took the miracles out? Yeah. (laughs) It was part of the Enlightenment. (laughs) This got some cojones. He's like, hey, I'm going to take these parts out. I I know what happened and what didn't happen. Walking on water. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway. 
I think uh, where 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 to next? I've completely derailed the conversation. You want a a story blitz? Uh, sure. I just kind of had a written story to read too. Okay, well, I'm not planning on reading many of these. Just kind of more of the headlines. Okay. Uh, just a tweet on this one. Massive fire reported at New York Police Department's Evidence Control and Impound Warehouse in Brooklyn. Just uh, store that one away in case oh, that turns the, out to be important. What is it? The Southern District of... What is it? The 10th Southern, Southern District of New York. This is the Epstein District. This is the Uma Abedin, uh, Anthony Weiner... I don't. I don't know if it is or not. I'm I bet just, you it is. Looks suspicious as all get out to I'll me. I bet you it is. Yeah. Uh, John Rappaport. Vaccines are poison, and they fall under poison laws. When you cut through all the layers of BS about vaccines and see that core, you're not the same person anymore. Amen to that. The flat earther. It's been deleted from Twitter. Come on, Elon. Uh, he must have trolled Elon on his space stuff too many times. Uh, and then we've got a, unfortunately, quite a long list of the died suddenlies. Uh, former UCF football player. He's um, born in 1996. So, you know, recently UCF football player. And not like a giant lineman either. 27. Just, yeah. In, in shape. 27 year old uh died taking a jog collapsed while on a jog yep it's uh karen kingston article the cia code word for bioweapon is vaccine kind of an interesting article there and she's kind of calling out the kind of new um anyway the the Andrew Huff stuff. I don't know if we've talked about that, but I don't want to get into it, but it's an interesting article. Uh, Cynthia McKinney, our friend Cynthia McKinney, hmm. uh, post, posted, jabbed, boosted, died suddenly, sports writer Grant Wall. The guy was 49 years old. He was there covering the World Cup and collapsed and died in the press box. And he, oh, yeah. so he's, he was a big shot too. I mean, yeah. you know, like if you, I'm sure some people out there watch soccer, I don't, but uh, you would recognize him and let's see. And I think there's some more on that in Mark Christman Miller's thing, but uh, oh, actually I pulled the picture. You saw who we um, lost this morning, didn't you? Mike Leach, the pirate. That stinks, man. Yeah, I like this man. Yeah. So, football coach, you know, he was in, and he was not old. I mean, no, he's under sixty, I think. Yeah, fifty-five, fifty-four, somewhere in there. I mean, he. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, Brad William Henke, um, former football player, and now it was in. Orange is the New Black, Justified, and Dexter, dead at 56. Uh, they did a... They finally did some autopsies, and what do you know? They show the people that died of 
uh, fatal cardiac issues right after the vaccine that it was caused by the vaccine. What do you know? Mm. It was from the Defender and from Epic Times. And Mark Crispin Miller put his usual uh, kind of rundown ac- accumulation of the died suddenlies. Uh, this is June 28th to July 4th. Uh, this is a while ago. We'll skip that. I put the wrong one in. Sorry. Got some Oregon stories. I'll come back to those. Uh, he he did address the those who slowly turn, flail and panic at the air as if a flying demon were attacking them and then drop dead. And from what he can find... Uh, they were all on Sinovac. Sinovac. Not necessarily. That's the Chinese one, isn't it? That's not. So not necessarily in China, but whatever country they were in took the Chinese vaccine. Interesting. So they are that they are of Asian descent somehow, because it's probably where it's mostly located. So he's he's got an article on that. That's crazy. I mean, uh, some of those are, are straight out of Korea. You, Korea's getting the like the Chinese. Ugh. Seems odd. I thought Korea was getting the like Pfizer Moderna stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I know some of those videos. You know, the gamer and a couple other people are coming out of Korea. So. Hmm. I don't know about the veracity of this person. I don't. I don't feel like the. Korea would be like, yeah, yeah, China, we'll take yours. Could be wrong. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, that would be surprising to me. Yeah, uh, but I don't a hundred percent know that they, you know, maybe he he's specifically talking about the spinning around thing. Did the gamer do the spin around yes, thing, yes, or did he just? Yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, this is, I forgot to have this in the Bill Gates segment, but uh, he's, Bill Gates sends $7 billion to Africa that will promote abortion as population control. Korea, so he's, Korea, 70 million people took the COVID. So 70 million doses of Pfizer. Yeah, that's 24 million of, of Moderna. And then pretty high, 20. 20 million AstraZeneca and 1.5 million Janssen. And then there's Novavax. Wow, 394,000 Novavax. They took a lot of vaccines in Korea. I'm not too surprised at that. Well, you gotta gotta avoid fan death. (laughs) Yeah. So you usually bring the Joe Rogan stuff, but I I saw a clip with uh, Will Harris. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. Did, have you seen the clip where he freaks out about the lady lying to him from Twitter? With Joe Rogan freaking out? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. No, so no. That's I just saw because it, it was Will Harris. But so it's the the Georgia rancher. Okay, talking about the. 
basically the better way to do things. What do you know? You should try to make it like the animals are, you know, living the lives they would normally live. So, right. Almost like how God created things is better than industrial, industrialized farming. You see Jim, um, Jim Carrey's deep post, deep tweet. The more time I spend around animals, the more I realize that we're the, that they're the civilized ones and we're the barbarians. Oh, sure. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. I'm sure you spend a lot of time around animals. <laughs> you talking about your dog? I, I, I've, just kind of randomly without searching it, it seems like parasites were on the mind. Victor Davis Hansen, maker of the most boring uh, presentations available on YouTube, but a pretty decent writer, wrote an article called Our Parasitic Generation. Hmm. Yes, so it was a good one on just kind of the breakdown of society. Zero Hedge actually had a really good, uh, let's see, how things fall apart. Not not what I expect from Zero Hedge, but uh, it was actually from Charles Hugh Smith of the Two Minds blog, of Two Minds. Okay. And just kind of talks about the inside a company that's falling apart. When it all collapses, people on the outside are shocked at how quickly it fell apart and people who were on the inside are amazed that it lasted as long as it did (laughs) and just kind of talking about how that's basically happening to our whole economy to greater or lesser degrees so it's it's not super cheery but uh makes some good points there i have a zero hedge article it's actually uh via lourockwell.com why the left must destroy free speech or be destroyed. Hmm. In, in Hayek's famous 1944 book, The Road to Serfdom, he warned that the intellectual and political classes of democracies of that time were embracing some of the same ideas that inspired Hitler's Germany, Mussolini's Italy, and Stalin's Russia. Comprehensive government planning, hyper-regulation of industry, nationalism, welfare statism, and collectivism in general. He did not predict that these societies would end up in serfdom. However, as some have mistakenly claimed, quite the contrary. In his first chapter, he clearly stated that he hopes the ideas in his books would help the countries to avoid this disastrous fate. He hoped the ideas would be noted as a roadblock on the road to serfdom. The 11th chapter on the road to serfdom is entitled The End of Truth about the historical imperative in all totalitarian states throughout history to destroy freedom of speech so that the only true belief is the social plan imposed by the state, whatever that may be. This is achieved by relentless institutionalized lying and propaganda, coupled with harsh censorship censorship, and all contrary ideas or even questions about the proprietary of uh, the per, yeah, proprietary propriety of forcefully imposing one single social plan. This is American society today. In other words, in case you haven't noticed, socialism, Hayek said, has always been about substituting the plans of politicians for the plans of uh, 
that all the citizens make for themselves. It's not about it's not a matter of planning versus no planning, but it's who is planning. The significant <clears throat> the significance of propaganda in totalitarian countries, Hayek wrote, is that if all sources of current information are effectively under one single control, it is no longer a question of merely persuading people of this or that. The skillful propagandist then has the power to mold minds in any direction he chooses. Jeff Deist, among others, have commented that America today has become a post-persuasion society, and he's right. Almost 80 years after Hayek issued the warning, the left is no longer willing to seriously debate anything, at least for the time being, while they are in control of the universities, all three branches of government, the media, laughingly named entertainment, industries, and more. Even dopey Prince Harry publicly denounced the First Amendment in a pathetic attempt to ingratiate himself with Hollywood leftists, like his wife shortly after divorcing himself from the family and moving to Hollywood. If you disagree with their latest version of socialist totalitarianism, or wokeism, coupled with green hysteria and calls for worldwide central planning, then you can be cancelled, smeared as a racist, white supremacist, or even fired from your job and prevented from getting a new one. The moral consequences of totalitarian propaganda, totalitarian propaganda are even more profound. It is uh, destructive of all morals because it undermines one of the foundations of all morals, the sense and respect for truth. An avalanche of official lies has always been the tool of various the, uh, theoreticians of the totalitarian system, wrote Hayek, citing Plato's noble lies and social myths championed by the French philosopher George Sorel. The end justifies the means. Excuse me. <clears throat> the end justify the lying means to totalitarians everywhere. When was the last time a White House spokesperson did not lie in public? Of course, minority opinions must also be silenced, and every act of government must become sacrosanct and example and excuse me, exempt from criticism. This was never more on display than in the government's responses to the pandemic of 2020, followed by the Biden campaign and its collusion with big tech to censor even the president of the United States, along with massive evidence of colossal criminality and corruption of the Biden family crime syndicate. This was arguably the biggest governmental assault on the First Amendment, organized by the FBI and CIA, since it essentially was done away with by the Johns Adams Administration Sedition Act. Academy must also be thoroughly corrupted, said Hayek, for the disinterested search for truth cannot be allowed in a totalitarian system. American universities have gone almost all the way down to the end of the road of serfdom in this regard. Many have fallen off a cliff completely. This is especially true, said Hayek, of the disciplines of history, law, and economics. They must be compromised in a way that supports the state rather than criticize it, however mildly. The American history profession is almost completely dominated by Marxists, for example, and economics has been plagued by Ken Keynesian control planners, market failure theorists for decades. Excuse me. As Doug Casey once remarked, and most economists today, 
are political apologists masquerading as economists. They prescribe the way that they would like the world to work and tailor theories to help politicians demonstrate the virtue and necessity of their quest for more power. The field of economics, said Casey, has been turned into a handmaiden of government in order to give scientific justification for things that governments want to do. In totalitarian society, wrote Hayek, truth is not something that is discovered by learning, education, self-study, research, and debate and discussion. Instead, it is something to be laid down by authority. In today's world, for example, global warming hysteria is settled science, the most unscientific phrase ever uttered. A true scientist always questions the status quo, not necessarily rejecting it, but keeping an open mind that new research can alter his thinking. Nothing is ever settled. How a slippery politician like Al Gore is considered to be an expert in the philosophy of science and atmospheric science to boot is one of the wonders of the world. Don't forget the notion that the earth was flat was once declared settled science by the Al Gores of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a long way to go. It wasn't. It wasn't the reason I. I thought it was. <laughs> medical science. I was like, man, Tim is reading this whole article. There's got to be a punchline in here somewhere. No. Boom. Almost boom. Done. Medical the science. The old. Play the Obama clip. Yeah. Medical science is not science. We have been told Anthony Fauci is medical science, or rather, the authority of Anthony Fauci. A grotesquely overpaid bureaucrat is science. Again, nothing is more unscientific than these ridiculous, arrogant, tyrannical pronouncements by Anthony Fauci and his political sidekick. Almost there. Intolerance, too, is openly extolled in totalitarian states, said Hayek, anticipating uh, by decades the 1960s era new left hero, the totalitarian intellectual Herbert Marcuse, who authored a widely celebrated paper on repressive tolerance. The idea that only the oppressed classes deserve free speech. In the world of the 60s, the new left, whose students and political descendants now control almost all of academia, television, the media in general, and much of government, woke corporations and other institutions. The oppressor class is comprised essentially of all white heterosexual Males, especially ones of European descent, everyone else is oppressed by them, the theory goes. The poorest, the lowliest, the redneck is is said to oppress black millionaires and billionaires. Question this theory of our post-persuasion society and you will be labeled a racist, white supremacist, and even a Nazi. Hayek based these ideas on years of study of world history and totalitarian regimes of the 20th century. Wokeness did not suddenly appear and proceed to take over the entire Western world. It is just the last manifestation of totalitarianism that has been marching through the institutions for several generations. There are always totalitarians in our midst. The title of chapter 13, The Road to Serfdom, and today's totalitarians consider themselves to be standing on the shoulders of those who preceded them however unsavory they may have been. That is why many on the left celebrated after the worldwide collapse of socialism in the 1980s and 90s. We no longer have to be associated with monsters like Stalin, Mao, uh, Nikolai Khrushchev, I don't even know what that name is, and other mass-murdering communists of the 20th century, they said. And like all the totalitarians who came before them, they fully understand that freedom of speech is to them what sunlight or Christian cross is to Dracula. That is why they are allowed to, or why they are now hell bent on destroying Elon Musk, a man who is attempting to add a smidgen of free speech to the stifling status political correctness of American society. Their treatment of Musk will eventually make their treatment of Donald Trump seem like a love affair. 
Their hatred for Trump, by the way, is derived from the same source as their hatred for Musk. Like Musk, Trump called out well-publicized officials of, and publicized many of their official lies and official liars of the Washington establishment, especially those in the fake news business. The left considers the fight over free speech to be political death struggle, and they are right about that. If anything deserves to be strangled to its uh, in its crib, it's the left's current assault on the First Amendment. If people haven't seen Fight of the Century, Keynes versus Hayek, Economics Rap Battle, one and two, I recommend it. Oh, wow. I haven't watched those rap battles in a while. <laughs> they may have even... I Actually, I don't even know if we were playing... This is from nine years ago. I don't know if we ever played them on the podcast. Yeah, we, eh, I think we might have played one of those on the podcast right now. Or yeah. back, back in the day. We played I, the... The guy, Remy or whatever his name is, but uh, we played the... Uh, Dogecoin. Ah, the Bitcoin yeah, yeah. one. The big, yeah. yeah, Dogecoin. Dog money, dog money. <laughs> All right, I have words of wisdom this week, unless you have some. Well, I did have... I have one other clip. It's not... <laughs> super long okay and that um kind of wrap up what i've got and then yeah you can do your words of wisdom and your bible verse and we'll be good to go all right what do we got uh let's play neil oliver on the parasitical power structure okay back to the parasites here's the thing the the, the system of the west is failing if it hasn't actually failed, capitalism, as it has been abused, capitalism as a system works, but the way in which capitalism has been abused, uh, the, the the printing of money, the quantitative easing, uh, the fraud of, of fiat money and all the rest of it have have conspired or have come together to ensure that the, the, the system of the West must fall. I'm, I'm always reminded of that, you know, the famous poster with Muhammad Ali and, uh, or, the, or the sequence with Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier where he, he hit, Muhammad Ali has hit him and he's going down and he could all, he could hit him again, but he doesn't need to. He just watches him, he just watches him fall. You know, it's that that's where we are in the West. We have been KO'd and, and we're in and we're in mid fall. We just haven't hit the canvas yet, so so people don't realise. So the system is failing, and it means that I mean, for I don't know for decades now one young generation of young intellectuals after another has proposed socialism or communism you know socialism is communism's idiot cousin and and it's it, it tricks it tricks it tricks every succeeding generation into into thinking that you know that marx and the communist manifesto and das kapital and marxist thought and engels that, that they have the answers one one generation after another stumbles into that into that swamp um but I think what's what's really what 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 fascinates me is the way in which, on the one hand, communism is still fashionable, communism is still acceptable in polite society, or talk of communism is still has some intellectual clout to it, and it's legitimate to be looking for an alternative to the system we've got because the system that we've got is about to fall over. 
But what people aren't noticing, it's as though where the real power is, the, the, the elite, the cabal, whatever you want to call the, the people who are brokering the real power, are allowing thoughts of communism to float around. Because what has actually happened in the background is that under cover of neo-communism, while people are distracted by that, uh, something else entirely has already happened. The, re the replacement for the broken system is already there. And we, the most of us, are not going to like it. And it's, it's coming from many sources, but it's probably worth talking about the World Economic Forum, the WEF and Klaus Schwab. Um, because he, for, for decades now, he has been talking about, he's been banging the drum about stakeholder capitalism. I think he's been banging on about it for about 40 or 50 years, one way or another. Um, and it's a, it's a concept. And it's, it, 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 sounds, it sounds kind of fluffy and, and cosy in a way because it, it suggests that global capitalism can be transformed um, so that corporations uh, become stakeholders in society so that corporations or the representatives, the board members, the, board, the chairman of corporations become stakeholders. Um, and it, but it's only when you look into it that you realise that what, is being, what has been done, it's not proposed, it has happened, is that corporations and, and by association transnational go, uh, global asset management organisations are being given or have been given more and more power over society. And what we've always been invited to think of as democratic institutions have been eroded to the point where they're hollow. They're, they're soap bubble, eggshell thin, just ready to disappear. I've thought for a long time now that we don't have democracy in the West. Not in terms of what democracy ever meant thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago or even decades ago this this idea this notion that we've all accepted that as long as you get to vote every few years in a general election that you live in a democratic country is utterly utterly bogus we do not live in a democratic society anymore and it, it's made particularly obvious at the moment in this country of the united kingdom because we have two parties it's a two-party state in, in, that you choose between in Parliament and now they are both the same Conservative and Labour it's not their own ideology they've been you know those those uh, when you see in the in the wildlife documentaries there's a kind of a killer wasp and it, its target is the big spiders the tarantulas and if the wasp can get its way it, in, it injects the, the tarantula with its young and the the, the the spider becomes a sort of a zombie entity it is. It is. It has the. It has the wasps' young inside it, and the wasps' young eat the tarantula from the inside out. You know that's that's what we've got. That we've got a zombie system here. A parasitic ideology has infested our system, and it has infested the conservatives, and it has infested Labour, and you might as well say it's infested the Lib Dems and the Scottish National Party and all the rest of it. There's one ideology out there, and all it means is that every few years you get to pick a colour.
You get to pick a color, but you get the same parasites, huh? <laughs> it all comes down to parasites. <laughs> that was the... It started out as the unintentional theme. There. Yeah, no, I get it. All right, words of wisdom this week are going to come directly from an uh, unlikely source. Giannis. I mean, you're 26 years old, and you know I've covered plenty of players who didn't seem like they figured the ego part out until their 30s. I mean, who taught you about what it, why that's important, and, and to handle it that way? I think I think I think uh, I'll say life. Usually, I'm gonna tell you this. Usually, when uh, from my experience, right? Like when I think about like, oh yeah, I'm, I did this. I you know, I'm so great. I had uh, 30, I had 25, 10 and 10, or whatever the case might be. Because right. you're going to think about that. Oh, we won this and that. Usually the next day, you're going to suck. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> simple as that. You Like the next few days, you're going to be terrible. And uh, I figured out like a mindset to have that like when you focus on the past, that's your ego. I did this. You know, um, we were able to you know, uh, beat this team for all. We, we did. The, I did this in the past. I want that in the past. Right. And when I focus in the future, it's my pride. Like, yeah, next game, game five, I do this and this and this. Right. You know, I'm going down. That's your pride talking. Like, you, it doesn't happen. Like, you're right here. And um, I kind of like try to focus in the, you know, in the moment, in the present. And that's humility. That's being humble. That's not setting no expectation. That's going out there and enjoying the game competing at a high level. And uh, I think I've had people throughout my life that helped me with that, but that's a skill that I've tried to like, kind of, um, um, how you say, kind of like perfect it. Master it. Uh, yeah, master it. And uh, it's been working so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to stop. You're doing okay. Anyway, that's uh, Giannis Atticampo <laughs> from the NBA. I thought that was good. When you focus on the past, your it's your ego. You focus on the future, that's your pride. And just focus on the right here and the right now. Is your stomach growls right into the stomach, microphone? Stomach growling, sorry. Stomach, stomach agrees with wrecked me. Wreck the perfect symmetry of the you know basketball player quote at the beginning and end of the show. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Starting it off, ending it the same way. So, anyway, Andrew, this is a lot of minutes. This is, uh, I don't even know how many minutes 209 minutes is, but it's a lot. Yeah, we. you should label it 301 and 302. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-